Hello and welcome to Metrospective, the mecha podcast where we cover everything from Astro Boy to Mazinger Z. I'm Tooch. I'm Devin. Take and, two, baby. Yeah, and let's try <laughs> to get this episode up this time. So we had a technological snafu. Uh, a weird where... one. I still don't fully understand what happened, but uh, we lost some audio and these things happen. So Yeah, we lost a solid like 70 minutes of audio and it crushed my soul. Uh, and then I had to work an entire weekend because it was Valentine's Day, and I probably made a shitload of money this weekend, but I also did not have time to edit an episode. So I'm sorry that there was that uh, kind of gap that we uh, we did not intend. It's fine. It is fine. It's not like anyone listens to these anyway. <laughs> <laughs> just like, just like, Tooch, you don't post these, do you? Like, <laughs> I send you these edited episodes for posterity, and then you don't post them, right? <laughs> Let me just check iTunes. Oh no, God! <laughs> <laughs> but yes, we're back to we're back to the uh, the, the the most fun anime of all time, Space Runaway Aeon. It's honestly so fun. It's God, this is such it's it's honestly like my stories. This is my trashy soap opera. I just love I I just love how messy everyone is. I was I I I had the thought as I cuz I just cuz once again these episodes were fresh in my head when I recorded the first episode, the first take, but now they're not. It's been a whole week of like a lot happening, a lot of other things and then And now we're just back in it. Now we have to try to remember everything that happened in the the real housewives of Solo Ship. Yeah, the real housewives of Logo Dow. <laughs> what the f- what the f- what the fuck even ha- what the fuck even happened? Like I, I again, I remember the tail end better. Um, so the so where we start, where, so let's let's go over what we the first third very briefly, because mm-hmm. uh, for those listening at home, please refer to our Edeon Part One episode for a much much more in depth take on the first fourteen episodes of this show. We are discussing episodes fifteen through twenty seven uh, in this episode. Yeah, and and there's there's a uh, there's there's a recap there's like a recap episode in in the middle of this somewhere and uh while it, it unfortunately it unfortunately doesn't cover everything that happened in the first fourteen episodes it, I think it only, it only covers the first like the first like seven this is them escaping from Planet Solo so it's like it's a good recap of like the premise of the show it cause... it really is and like if. <laughs> If you listened to that first episode and went like, "Man, I don't want I don't know if I want to watch the first seven episodes." I don't know. Watch watch this episode first. Who fuck it. I don't care. A <laughs> uh, fun piece of trivia that I don't it have works. a source for. I don't have a source for this piece of trivia, but it is my one of my favorite pieces of anime trivia. Mm-hmm. Allegedly that recap episode only is there because Tomino just went missing for a week and nobody could find him. I do remember you dropping this piece of knowledge on me, and I'm I'm so glad you did, and I want to believe it. I I, I want to believe fucking Mulder style. 
Uh, I just think Tomio just didn't want to go to work for a week because he was too sad. I earnestly, well, I mean, I guess not that earnestly since we, I had multiple weeks to, to track down this information in between the, in the, the, the failed recording session and this one, but, like, I, I truly do w- want to know, uh, I guess without effort, otherwise I would have tried to hunt it down, like, any kind <laughs> of fucking, like, what, like, what did Tomino, what did Tomino earnestly feel about the show? Because I feel like he, he's such an honest man about his projects. He's very just, like, he's very honest and not super, like, he'll, he'll admit when he did a good job on something, but he'll also be very, like, realistic about, like, what the production was like or what he was trying to do and whether or not he felt he succeeded. And I've like, always almost to a appreciated that of, about him. Yeah, it's like, I feel that Tomi, that's one of T- Tomino's strengths and also one of his big weaknesses that he'll also... I think maybe that just comes with, like, years and years of experience, but, like, Tomino comes off as, as, as head-ass as some of the things he can say can... So as some of the things he's said can be... I think he's still a very wise person. Just kind, of just suffers from being an old man in a very conservative country. Yeah, no, it it shows very much. Like he, he very much, he very much is like anti-hardcore nationalist establishment. But he still is of the culture of like, uh, you know, hey, your anime fucking sucked. I'm very sorry. I'll do better next time. Like, <laughs> I feel like because. He he. I think that's why he made a lot of enemies in his life. From what I've heard, is that like he's just one to speak his mind and never and never cut. It would just never bullshit anybody. So like, yeah. He in an interview from like the two thousands or so. That's on the bonus features of of the Double O Seventy Nine Blu Ray collection. He's just getting interviewed. I think it, like in like his backyard. And Tomino says like, "Oh yeah, I remember when I saw Okawara's original designs. I fucking hated them. They sucked. I, they were nothing <laughs> like what I wanted." And I'm like, damn, like, the guy that designed the Gundam, one of the, like, biggest pieces of Japanese pop culture, one of the biggest pieces of, like, worldwide now, like, universal sci-fi pop culture, the the Gundam. He was like, yeah, it sucked. I didn't like it. Yeah, fuck that thing. <laughs> that, it's like, <laughs> that's like George Lucas being like, man, Darth Vader looks awful. And everyone would, uh, and that I—it's the same reaction I get to that happening. Like what? Um. Yeah. I, I, and I mean, like that, because you think about like at the time. I think that's the thing, right? Is like everybody, including the people who make it, get such a big, get such a big, like not even necessarily an ego. Even if they don't have a big ego about something after the after it, the thing they made blows up, they at the very least. Like, there's so much reverence tacked on to when something blows up huge and it becomes a big franchise, and Tomino's never fucking cared about it. Like, no, this is, this is the show that I pitched. This is the show that I pitched to Sunrise, and they said, okay, you can make it, and I made it. Like, that's all it will ever be to Tomino until he dies. Like, and yeah. that's so good. I want to be that. I, I know, like, Tomino straight up, did not want to make commercials anymore because <clears throat> it's like I don't think he ever did I I think maybe he like I don't know what it is about him and just being with Mecca constantly but what that represented to him because I guess starting with Rydeen and uh, Zambot at, which are like Rydeen very much is just a straightforward like toy commercial from the 70s mm-hmm. that just is kind of really fucking bizarre 
I wonder if he's just like chasing something. It's it's like you know he keeps making all these all all these all these mech series, and it's just like he's he he's trying to he's try, I, I feel like he's just I feel like he's trying to do the impossible. He's he's trying to he's trying to make something truly non commercial, but it's like that it's just impossible to do in in this environment in like the world we find ourselves in today. Like like nothing he like I guess ask, I. Ask anybody, like like ask the guy who made Maruka, ask Hiraki Ano. Like no matter how good you are at making the thing you want to make, it will become commercialized in a hollow shell of its former self. And so many anime directors have to reckon with that. Oh they yeah, don't like tend to the, come out of anim- it in a very good mood. The twenty first century is a pretty dark place. Well, at least not the twenty first century, but the twenty twenties or, or the late twenty tens have been a pretty bleak place. Like pretty much all the anime directors I like have either, like, in the last five years, I've had either immense trouble getting something made or just can't get anything made in general. Yeah, and then, like... Like, Mamoru in... Oshii, his new project got has is, has yet to be greenlit because everyone in Japan, all the... Not everyone in Japan, I'm, uh, that's way too general. I mean, like, sure. like most, most anime, you know, producers and directors are like, I don't want to fund this because this is too depressing or it's not marketable. Yeah, and I mean, like on on one hand, if you don't think too hard about how quote unquote marketability is bad, then you get it. It's like, well, yeah, like they're like they're running like they're they're running a business. Whether or not you think that's good or bad, it is what it is, and they're running a business. And if they legitimately don't feel like they can turn any profit off of this, why would they waste their money on it like that? It, but it sucks that there's no alternative to that system. Yeah. If there was some other way to make shit, then fine, then just do that. But it's like, no, there's not. You have to fucking be marketable or you can't make anything, especially not animation. And that's that's just a universal rule. That's comic books, that's animation, that's anime, that's video yeah. games. And ma- ma- like mean, manga especially, like like every good a- every every great animator, every great anime director is, is like a is like a jaded shell of his former self that can't get anything produced. And then every mangaka is like either had to st- either had to like retire like or or like is is making their opus at a snail's pace just because like they figured out that like oh if i keep making manga how the manga industry wants me to produce manga i'll literally die i'll literally die if i if i make manga at a at a i could never i could never a b i i think being a jump like uh, have being a manga a mangaka with a with like a, a a manga running in like jump in like weekly shonen jump well i think it's just jump magazine over there right but for for everything that we consider like the shonen jump uh brand i imagine having to to make full quality chapters mm-hmm. like 20 something pages every week you have to write it draw it Everything with your and I know it's not just you. You had a staff. Sure. Yeah, but even the, even with the staff, it's but that's even still then, so much work. That's still a lot of work. You know, like Jack Kirby and Stan Lee, sure, at least had you know deadlines once apart. But then again, they were also creating like eight books at the same at a time. And so they were monthly. The, and they were monthly, but also they have like eight coming out that month. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's but that's a dip, so that's a parallel between the two. But like, that, but on top of that. If your series then gets successful, which is what you want, you have less and less control over it. Mm-hmm. Like you can look at Dragon Ball, or uh, like I think 
I think Dragon Ball is the one that has the most, you know, information about its production because of how big it is. Not, I just mean uh, information in English. Yeah, about like the translated production of Dragon Ball. information. Translated information because more people give a shit about Dragon Ball than any other manga. Mm-hmm. At least who speak English. And so we know, like, the Cell Saga, or the Android arc, just being constant mid mid of middle of the night rewrites because the editor, your editor calls yeah, the editor you editor didn't like the character designs the, the editor, editor didn't like, didn't the, like the character designs so then you got to like i don't that would be a fucking nightmare that is that is my worst nightmare and yet and yet the cell saga was peak of dragon ball z so it's like somehow well honestly like i i do agree with the, like for for that note i do agree with the editor i was like you know what good call uh good call good call good call uh, those first androids sucked. The 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 like the Android seventeen eighteen great characters definitely not end game villains. Cell got it. We nailed it. Let's go. Let's go, baby. It um, took them three more tries to get Cell looking how they wanted. But then, you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, but then then you have everything post Cell, and uh, it, it really seemed like Toriyama was either like I want to end it or I want to have Gohan be the main character. And then the editor made a bad decision and said. Absolutely not. We need to sell T-shirts with Goku on it. <laughs> we, we need to sell Goku silk screen shirts. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> what are the, what are what are American kids at the farmers market gonna buy? <laughs> what's, so... Jeff, what's Jeff Gersman gonna wear in his forties when he <laughs> discovers anime? <laughs> so, uh, but, so that that loop back, looping back to Tomino, you know, so we can loop back to Idaion. One thing that I like about Tomino is how self-aware he is, where he's very frank with his own work and other people, but he's also aware of how that can be a weakness. He made that thank you video at the end of the Charles Counterattack showing, and he was basically just like, this was, like, I liked making this thing, I guess I'm proud of it, thank you all for liking it, was basically the summary of his big message for his most famous film. I I think Tomino's my favorite anime director because he's such a fascinating character. He's up there. He's definitely up there. Like, I don't know what it is about the best anime directors just being absolute characters. Like, you like you have Hayao I mean, Miyazaki. Yeah. You have Hideaki Anno. Like, each one of them is, like, is, like, they have a ton of personality about their just existence. I, I feel like, you know, I feel like the same can be said with any with any high-profile creator, you know, like... Oh, Grant Morrison especially. He's like Grant, my favorite human being to walk the earth. You know, like, and you know, even if you don't necessarily, even if you, even if an individual person looking at that director goes like, "Oh, it's like I don't, I don't, I don't like said personality." At least they have one, which is more than you can say. Like a lot of people in the entertainment industry who are just like, like, like making shit. Like I was talking to you earlier. It's like subject to like, like, uh, quality. Quality is subjective. Everyone, everybody is just throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing who's gonna fund it like not even necessarily what yeah. sticks the sp- sometimes the spaghetti doesn't stick but if a fucking but if a fucking studio tells you we're gonna give you a bunch of money to produce it you'll go pick that fucking spaghetti up and staple that shit to the wall baby like i got bills I mean, to pay i don't know how alex kurtzman does it because he writes amazing spider-man 2 and what can you say about Amazing Spider-Man 2? It's Amazing Spider-Man 2. It's one of the worst movies, like, worst summer, AAA, superhero, blah. It's probably the worst superhero movie ever. Mm-hmm. And then that gets panned and slammed, doesn't make any money. It, it does so bad that Sony's like, okay, Disney, you can make a Spider-Man movie. Like, that's how bad it did. Mm-hmm. Like, 
Home like MCU Spider Man would not exist if that movie did as bad if did well, mm-hmm. and it, it, that's how bad it did to put that into perspective. So then Alex Kurtzman becomes the entire creative director of the Star Trek franchise. He pro- like honestly, it's networking. He probably knew someone. He knew someone. He knew someone, and he was like, "Ah, oh, yeah, Spider-Man thing didn't work out. This, that, and the other." You know, he probably blamed everyone else. And then some guy was just like, "Ah, don't worry, man. I got, you. I got you. The CBS is looking for somebody. I'll, I'll fucking, I'll throw your name in there." Like that's now, all this fucking industry is. It sucks. Yeah, <laughs> and and so does Star Trek. <laughs> anyway, and I'm not even a big Star Trek fan. <laughs> Uh, I liked. I'm a big fan of. I'm a big fan of Deep Space Nine. Deep Space. Deep Space Nine. Deep Space Nine calls out everything that doesn't age well about the rest of Star Trek. And I'm sure there's even things about Deep Space Nine that don't age well, but less so than anything else. Deep Space Nine is the Tomino directed Star Trek series. Fucking like a little bit, a little fucking bit. Honestly, if we, if is... if if anybody, if anybody ever wants us to do anything Star Trek, I'm telling you right now, the only thing we're doing is Deep Space Nine. I, I want to make a video about another video, but an episode about, uh, or just a freelance discuss—not freelance, just a freeform discussion video uh, about the weird parallels between Star Trek and Gundam in terms of production history. <laughs> so, space runaway Edeon. We we talked. We had a, that was a nice conversation that I'm going to keep in because that that was very organic. But Homegrown. we need to talk about it. We need to talk about Adion because this big orange boy is—he's mad. He's mad. So we're so to summarize. If you don't care enough to listen to the first episode or just want to hear us, you just want context for this episode alone. Space Runaway Adion takes place in in the far distant future of unspecified two thousand XXX. <laughs> Sometime in the future, humanity has colonized multiple worlds. We found they found like it's kind of like it, it's kind of like a little Mass Effecty. There's like old re, we've we haven't quite made contact yet, but we we have we've seen remnants of other civilizations. So we go all the way to the planet Solo, which is a pretty much as far away from Earth as you can get, and uh, the colonists on the planet Solo, uh, their archaeology team have un have like you know unearthed these massive artifacts. Which are like a big ass spaceship and like three big like tank things, big like tank, big gigongous tanks, like military tanks. So they yeah, they just call them they just call them the mech, the mecha, the mecha. They're like it's it's this weird thing. So we, they they kind of installed a way to drive it and put missiles on it. We're like I don't know, maybe we'll have this. So the military comes by and they're like, what the fuck are these? You can't have these. And uh, they're like the military's led by a dude named Bess. Uh, the head researcher's son, Cosmo, who has an afro, shows up to go see what Bess and his dad are up to when suddenly these aliens called the Buff Clan attack uh, for pretty much no reason. It, it's just a series of ba- of dumb decisions and miscommunication amongst the Buff Clan. Uh, it erupts into full-on conflict that destroys most of the planet Solo. All the survivors that um, hide away in the spaceship while most of the planet dies cuz pretty much they only had like one city like that's how like uh, that's how like new the planet was to being colonized yeah the, the the like a bunch of new colonists had just shown up but it was only like the third shipment of them it, it's so there's not many people like to me when i look at what bess is doing i'm like wow the most bess has probably ever had to deal with before being the captain of the solo ship was like probably breaking up like drunken fights 
Yeah. He's, like, so in over his head, as is everybody in Edeon, and they're just kind of going with it, because I think if they realize how in over their heads they are, well, they all realize it, but if they talk about it, they're all just going to freak out. And if uh, they all freak out, they're just going to die harder. Yeah, but I think I think Bess and Bright would be good friends. Yeah, Bright very much. <laughs> Never forget the fact that Bright is only 19 in 0079. He's the only adult, and <laughs> he's only 19. And then, like, it's funny, because even though Bright is only in his, like, mid-twenties in, in Zeta, he, like, feels like he's aged 20 years. Because he probably has mentally. I love Bright. Uh, I'm on the Bright Noah support team. But Bess very much is a Bright uh, XP, if I if you will. Mm-hmm. So, the, some, so Cosmo and another teenager, Kasha, and a couple handful of Bess's subordinate soldiers... All get into this into the mechas. They combine into a big robot, and they fight off the buff clan. Uh, then we got Kara, uh, Karala, Karala, who is uh, she's the daughter of like the the head general of the buff clan. They they're the buff clan look like people. They just have like anime hair, more so than the solo ship people. Like their hairs are like neon colors. Yeah, they they yeah they they look like. They look like they all, they're all cosplaying, like, some kind of fucking, like, 70s disco group. They're, they're disco samurai. God. And, and imagine the dumbest way they could look, and that's how they look, and I love it, because I love 70s anime character designs. <laughs> but this one is especially, Ideon is especially wild. So, um, Carla is very important, and she's investigating the power of the Ide, this mythological power. Uh, that her species that is like part of the creation myth of their species and civilization. Uh, she goes to Solo to look for it because of some really bad choices. Carla uh, ends up on the Solo ship, thus being brand- through through tons of just bad information. Nobody talking to each other. Just every mistake that could be made is made. They now think Carla has betrayed her people, and now they're just off to. The Buff Clan are here to destroy the Solo Ship and the Edeon and Karala at all costs. Uh, yeah, they, they the, the longer this series goes on, the more the Buff like the the, the Buff Clan basically had they had like a list of goals, and as things move forward, they are pretty much crossing off and not checking off, crossing off each goal on that list and going fuck it just blow it just kill it instead just blow it up instead just destroy it instead just kill her instead it this is fine it's fine everyone's fine and we're having a normal one <laughs> the buff clan yeah, are the, having a normal one the buff clan are so desperate to save face because i think all of them are painfully aware of how bad they suck right now they're just eating shit like it's they... so good and honestly like they they should be embarrassed no one on the solo ship has any fucking idea what they're doing the... Bess has like half an idea and he has to share it with the rest of the crew Bess is Bess 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 I was gonna say bright Bess if, if, if Bess legitimately like if like if people legitimately listened to Bess like I don't know if everything would be solved by now but things would be going like things would be going better than they are now for sure so like like, yeah, Bess is there, but honestly, the incompetence of everyone else, like, nerfs him substantially. Just because, oh, like, definitely. Like, literally. Even more like, so there's, than there's, Bright. 
There's no, there's, yeah, there's, cause there's no actual, like, at the very least, everybody, everybody on white base, like, sure, they didn't want to be, uh, they didn't want to be enlisted, but once it happened, they were like, except for Amro, sometimes everyone was like, I guess we're in the army now. Uh, and they sort of like followed suit. Um, no one on the fucking solo ship once is having any of that. Cosmo this show like, f- Cos- dances Cos- with a lot of this show dances to the same tune as 0079 like thematically touching on a lot of the same subject matter but my god is Edeon so much more cynical. Um uh, and like again like no, like knowing knowing Tomino and I don't know Tomino but I suspect that's on purpose. I suspect I suspect Edeon is absolutely a a response to his time on Gundam, like a reflection on Gundam and how he feels, how he feels immediately post Gundam. Yeah, um, th- that's a good way of putting it. I. Well, one thing I wanted to ask you is, do you do you think this is better than 0079? Because I'm trying to think. Because now that you you haven't seen all of uh, Iraian yet, but I'm just going from you know two thirds of the way in. I think uh, for my own money, like what could, what could, I'm what I'm invested in, if if they stick this ending like I hope they do, I think I think Edeon is more Tooch than than Gundam is. Gundam's that's good. gonna be that's gonna be an interesting discussion we have in part three and four. Yeah, G- Gundam. It, it's that it's this it's this thing that I always have this this contradiction I live my life in where i have like three lists i have like i have things i don't like things i do like and things that i like things that i like better but i'll say the other thing is objectively like gundam Gundam is objectively better than edeon but i think edeon is better than gundam do you understand (laughs) i think I, i think gundam is better I, I do, but I would say that Edeon is a little say. more interesting. But that's that's yes, I don't yes. want to discredit double how interesting 0079 is though. That's the thing. I mean, I'm I'm always so bad at comparing things because even when even when two things are in the same genre, like th- these two are in the same genre, made almost at the same time, if not be made by the same fucking person, hit all the same notes. But when you asked me, my gut reaction being asked like which one's better is like, oh, but they're so different. <laughs> Everything's different. It doesn't matter. Um, but like, yeah, like Gundam will always be better than Edeon just because ninety nine percent of the fucking population who has any interest in comparing the two are are gonna have mostly the same rubric by which you judge them. And that checklist, that that vague, that vague communally understood checklist, Gundam's always gonna tick those boxes harder. But Edeon is so much more interesting. Edeon is in such a stranger place. Edeon is so unique. Um, Even by, you know, even for contemporary standards, like, yes, Gundam Gundam was trailblazing. Gundam was doing stuff nobody had ever done before. But just in terms of, like, narrative, like, Gundam, Gundam is more conventional just in terms of how how we understand modern um like modern mainstream narrative entertainment for television um, like gundam and Edeon, another interesting thing about them is that both of them were canceled uh gundam got you know an extension of three episodes 
for Tomino to wrap it up so that it had an ending. Which is why I think the third, I think the movie, that's why I think especially the third movie is superior to the ending of the of the series. Mm-hmm. Because Tomino actually got to add way more, you know, stuff. Of course. He got to cut out way more of the... Um, finish the fight. Finish the fight. God damn it. <laughs> and, but in Ideon, he was not so lucky as you'll see how the show ends. Before we get into Be Invoked and, uh... Well, be invoked. <laughs> yeah. A contact, we can kind of just yada yada. Uh, so, basically, the only, the the three major buff clan villains that we contend with, though, in in this uh, in the first chunk, we have first we had Gijay, who was Carla's um, fiance. To be he was to be married to to Carla, and uh, it sucks so hard. Yes. Just the the epitome, like I I my, my my takeaway of this show that I believe was in the lost the lost tapes um, from last week was basically like Gundam was Gundam was a purposeful like s- step away or at least Tomino attempted to step away from the you know bad guy of the week format but was still tied down to it. Uh, at least in the uh, 49 episode series um, 43 43 damn not even damn okay um and then in this in this show I, I i can envision a scenario where he decides okay there's st- if they're get if they're going to force me to if they're going to force me to make these villains if they're going to force me to make the antagonists come at them and fail on a literal weekly basis I'm going to actually make this make this military seriously reckon with the consequences of that. So it's like, it's it's never just like, hmm, this time I've got a plan that will surely work. It's always like, shit, fuck, if this doesn't, if this one doesn't fucking work, then they're gonna have my ass. Like I I already fucked up so many goddamn times. I'm I don't I don't even know how I have a job right now. Like, gee, there's real, there's tangible anxiety every fucking time, GJ or Carla's sister, or anybody has a plan after they've already eaten shit from the Edeon. They're just like, fuck, this one has to fucking work. And it's, <laughs> it's so great. It's very good. It, it's very good. Because the first one is very Gundam. Well, Lee, Gundam does both. In the front half, Zeon is like, oh, I'll be the one to take out the white base. And then, like, they get progressively more... The, the closer the Federation gets to, you know, Zeon's door, the more they're like, this has to be the one to repel the white base and defeat the Gundam. Um... Yeah. But Ideon is just the latter, which is interesting. And contrasting, well, because Gijay fully believes in the Buff Clan's ethos of like Bushido and bullshit samurai values. He, yeah, he be- he believes in it. But as we've already seen from the first Forging episodes, even he himself can't fully reckon with it. He just doesn't have it in him because because he's such a pro- he's a product of the system. So no matter how much he believes in it, he has all the same weaknesses as the system he's fully invested in. With those weaknesses being, it's all a lie. Everything he says is a lie, even when he believes it. And, uh, just like corporate America. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and his, uh, DJ is like... At the time at the time of recording this, the, uh, every other Democratic candidate is currently basically yelling at Bloomberg and trying to get him to leave. Uh... Please, please do. <laughs> He's... God. Mike can get it done? Yeah, then end yourself. <laughs> I don't mean suicide, I just mean end your campaign. 
and stop right. showing up everywhere on the internet. I wouldn't care. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna look. I'm not gonna tell. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say. I, I, I'm not gonna put myself in the situation where I would actually uh, wish wish death on somebody. I will say that if someone out like that, if somebody like that dies, I won't be sad. Uh, I just, Another... I just won't, I just won't uh, cr- uh, incriminate myself to wish it. I... <laughs> oh my god! So, getting away from reality to go speaking somewhere of, slightly people, brighter. Speaking of people, I won't be sad when they, when and if they die. The Buff Clan. The Buff Clan. Uh, contrasting GJ, we have his kind of uh, not subordinate, but I think they're like they they share the same rank. And uh, we had we had Domido, who was voiced by Bonjo Ginga, Giran Zabi in 0079, and Rochina in Votoms. And he's completely the opposite of GJ, where he just actively knows how shit the system is. Oh yeah, and he's and actively he's, trying to game it. Yeah, he's just trying to game it. Yeah, no, he's he's very much. Uh, this is a, this is a strange uh, comparison, but it was the first one to pop in my head. Uh, it's very much like uh, Katra and Shira. Like the, the the very first the very first, the, the the beginning of Shira establishes the main character Adora as being raised in the like the in by the enemy territory like the the like the the fright zone the bad guys basically but she is so indoctrinated like she believes all their propaganda and just like is is like invested in the system and then like throughout the first couple episodes she actually gets out into the world and starts seeing evidence of like you know are we the baddies like that whole bit um and then she basically confronts Ketra like wait a minute Ketra like no, like the, the things we're doing aren't right and Ketra just like stares at her just like yeah no shit wait what like <laughs> did you think we weren't like oh my god adora like please like sweetie oh no like <laughs> And just um, as condescending as that, <laughs> kind of a little bit. She's more mad at her. She she's more mad at her just because it's like like we had a good thing going and you're fucking this all up because you want to defect to the good side. Yeah, um, that's basically her whole. That's Shira's, the entire she, buff clan at Carilla. Yeah, Shira Shira is honestly good. Shira is Shira is the salve that heals my Voltron wounds. Um, imagine uh, imagine if Voltron was written by Tomino. It would probably be just as sexist, but just in a very different way. I mean, one of the, I mean, in terms of Go Lion, one of the main pilots did die almost immediately. Uh, yeah. We should watch so, Go Lion. We sh- We will one day. I mean, if we ever, if if there's an anime series, we plan on doing it. If there's a if there's a mecha series, we plan on doing it. Mm-hmm. So. Domido is actively just wishing death upon GJ. We're like, damn, if he dies. I get the promotion he's lined up to get. And uh, that think kind of thinking is why all the buff clan are so at ready to kill people and be killed by people. Killing someone for a promotion is such like a like an old like a like a 19th century English detective novel type shit. <laughs> Domino just and the thing is Domino's not like he's not a char type character where char uh-huh. is sitting there with his giant You okay? Yeah, I just meant, I was just agreeing with you that he's not Char. He's not Char at all. <laughs> he, so he doesn't have this big Machiavellian, Shakespearean like plan of revenge. He just is just he sits there. He's just like under his breath, or sometimes you know out loud, just being like, "God, I wish that idiot would just die." Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's the thing, right? It's it's. 
Because on one hand, it's like, wow, I can't believe he'd just like say that out loud just because he's not in the room. But then youth, but but then everybody thinks about their job and how much they don't care about how bad they talk shit about the one employee everyone hates. Because the entire Buff Clan are like that, and mm-hmm. I can, as we established in the last episode, I I I read the Buff Clan as a huge, like just Tomino taking a giant dump all over, you know. His generation were the conservatives of, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s Japan, 80s Japan. Like, essentially their equivalent of, like, boomers would be, are, were all people who are like, I, the country should go back to the way it was during World War II. That's when we were great. Yeah. Which is very not good. Very not good and sadly still relatable today. And so the, I think the Buff Clan are entirely a caricature of those people. Mm-hmm. So, we so we the, where we last left off, um, Harulu, who is Carla's sister, who is very angry. Uh, she's very angry. She's red. That's how you can tell she's angry. Carla's mm-hmm. red, angry sister shows up with a uh, a couple weirdo generals of the week. GJ gets she get GJ sucks so bad he gets sent to back to Logo Dao to go investigate Planet Solo. Uh, and. Harulu just sends starts sending bad guy of the month, but they go bad they they go way faster than say like Rambaral or like <laughs> any of the Zeon sub commanders. So, uh, we open where we last left off on the oh, was a really good episode, episode fourteen, where they go to a the, for the first time they reach other human colonists on the asteroid colony of Brazilier, and, where Cosmo. And- and this is the first. This is the first of many instances where they be- they beg someone, anyone, to please listen to them, believe them, and help them. And just a conga line of people telling best to eat shit and go die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my is, boy is, tried is that... so hard. Yeah, best best really. <laughs> Best gets the rawest deal in the entire series, in my opinion. Yeah, and I mean, like, everybody does, but everybody else is shielded from it because they don't give a fuck anyway. That It's, it's, it's that classic thing of, like, if, if I just lean into being an asshole, I don't ever have to face any consequences. <laughs> so, uh, this was a really good episode that when we, we last ended on, where uh, the buff clay completely destroy Brazilier because they wouldn't listen. And, uh... Matilda son, but diet Matilda son, who lasted an episode, dies, and uh, uh. Cosmo does the multi missile attack, and so after they leave the planet solo, the show in like the eighth or ninth episode, the seventh or eighth episode, the uh, the show pretty much stays, you know, the solo ship is on the run, Buff Clan are in pursuit, we're uh, you know. They send out their guys. The Ideon destroys them, and there's so, and then a buff some a lot of buff clan die. Yeah. And then every now and then they land on a planet, and it gets bad. So uh, the first couple episodes of what we just watched, uh, they're the the two. Uh, the first one was where they try to steal the Ideon. Yeah. No. And. It, 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 is is this the point? Is this the point where like we're introduced to the fact that like the 
the the buff clan military has kind of like stepped back and hired a pmc that's toward the end of this because okay. the first half of this we still have harulu to deal with right because harulu is because she sent out gaseba was her first guy and then he gets killed then doku doku dies in this episode 15 i would it's a good episode it's just like it's just a good action episode. The, I th- say the only real big story things it adds are that um, is that deck. The Ideon is now stronger when deck is on board as well. So deck, who was kind of one of the kids' side show characters, is now front and center as a pilot alongside Kasha and Cosmo, who are you know teenagers. But like deck is like what, what like nine or ten. Yeah, his they're... voice cr- his voice peaks a lot. <laughs> There's yeah they're they're slowly finding out yeah no because because deck uh deck is voiced by an actual child which I which I was able to parse from my from my year long pilgrimage of watching every single episode of the original Common Rider a lot well, oh, wait, of a lot of screaming young boys in that show in all of in all of show a Common Rider yes uh but especially like that I, I think at this point it would have been. Not a not a contemporary. We probably would have already been a couple series in by now. I I think like if we're talking late seventies, I think it's like either. I want to say like I think we're we're not on black yet because black was like late eighties. Right. So I think we're on like Skyrider or something or like one <laughs> uh, of those. Maybe uh, Common Rider stronger. Um, I don't know what would it be. Wasn't, wasn't what came after? On, like, well, because Double O Seventy Nine, it was literally nineteen seventy nine. So wouldn't this be nineteen eighty by now? Yeah. What's the, what was the writer show for 1980? Let me see. Yeah, I'll May, see if I can beat so you. May, May 1980. So let's see. Common writer series. 1980. Okay, what was airing in 1980? Common writer wise. This is this is exhilarating uh, radio. Uh, common yeah, Sky Rider had just ended, and Common Rider Super One. Super uh, One, Super yeah, Super One, one was Super the karate one, was, one with the weird. Super One was about tassels. to air in October. Sky Rider was ending, and then Super Rider's on the way. Super One is. Oh, wow, I nailed that with Sky Rider. Yeah, I didn't even. I did that. I just kind of pull. I was just in a vague like estimation. I wow, horseshoes, hand grenades, and Common Rider. <laughs> so, uh, what did actually happen in this episode is that Cheryl they just left Brazil here. So Bess is all like, guys. Let's not go to any more colonies because yeah. everyone My- died. Yeah, no, my my favorite part, yeah, my my favorite part was, like, actually, it, it might not be until the next place they go to, but I just remember, like, um, God, I can't believe I'm brain farting on her name. The lady Cheryl. I hate. <laughs> the one, Cheryl. <laughs> Cheryl, yeah, sorry, you did just say it. Cheryl was, Cheryl this whole time is just like, I want to go to Earth. The computer I want's on Earth, and I want to go to Earth. I want to use the big Earth computer so I can do my science for Edeon. I'm, I'm gonna help, I swear. Let me go to Earth. And then, like, they go to a place with a computer at tw- twice, and everyone dies. And it's like, for a couple episodes, she's like, I don't want to go to Earth anymore. But then, like, <laughs> I, I guess she just gets over it, and then she's immediately like, I'm going to go to Earth again! <laughs> so in this episode, she... Carla in this one is seen like helping with the kids and everything and like everyone's pretty much okay with Carla now because the first third everybody was ready to shoot her in the face at a moment's notice yeah uh even after freaking um Cheryl Cheryl takes Cheryl basically like 
holds her hostage or whatever. That's what that's this episode. Yeah. So like her her plan. This I don't even such a bad plan. I don't even. Fully... Cheryl's Cheryl's not Cheryl's not best. No, Cheryl's not Bess, and also she's probably still freaked out from fucking getting in, getting in, getting in immediate contact with humans, and then watching them all die, and then having to leave again. Uh, God, that sucks. Um, sorry. It does suck. Um, that's damn. That's so. Did you just upsetting. now realize how fucked that was? That's like I, 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 I'm like I'm, I'm actually empathizing. Of like, it's, it's like a. It's it's like it's like that scene in a slasher movie where it's like they're they're like running through the woods and they find like or or just like I don't know like they're, they're, there's like multiple Friday the Thirteenth where it's like they they find the side of the road and it's like some guy some nice guy in a truck is like now wait a second what are you talking about who's trying to and then like the killer comes out from behind a tree and just ends his life before he even Jason slices his head in half yeah just like. <laughs> It's like that happened, but on a planetary level to these people. It's like just like, oh my god, finally we get a break, and it's like, no, you actually don't. It's like the end of te- it's like at the end of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but in- but she doesn't get into the semi; gets blown up by a ton of aliens. Yeah, <laughs> which was so... kind of the mood of Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine the end of that movie. It's still filmed exactly like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but you got like the fucking big Zam ass like. Buff Clan Max descending from the sky. Uh, oh, ah, uh, uh, yes, the UFO ending of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, only shown in select <laughs> theaters. Oh my god, this is exhilarating! <laughs> a bunch funny. of like a bunch of dirty, bloodied teenagers walk into a random room at Leatherface's house, and it's like, so it was you all along, and it's just like a dog with a chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so she takes Cheryl hostage, and she's like, okay, if Bess decides to kill us, he's, he's, he's like, hard for you, so he's not going to kill you. Because, <laughs> like, Cosmo and B- everyone's kind of mad at Bess for, like, you only... You, you you just want that sweet alien puss. That's why you're going to fucking sell out our entire species to get some alien puss. And Bess is like, no, kinda. Yeah, like, Bess can't even be, like... <laughs> Bess is never even, like... Half the time he's never even like you're you're just flat out wrong. Like this is the stupidest. Like why are you even saying these things? He's always he's he's just like fucking shut up. Like, <laughs> I love I'm, best. I'm trying my. He's ba- he's basically like look, you're not wrong, but I'm trying I'm trying harder than you're accusing me of. So um, this this was just a pretty exciting episode all around. Doku, who was the main bad guy from the last episode, eats kicks the bucket. And uh, they throw it. Carla ends up taking the fall for the whole thing. Yeah, no that that was the big thing of just like, and it and it, it, it shook it shook Cheryl to her fucking core. Like I, that wasn't even part of her plan. <laughs> and like I, I, Carla doing that is what it was actually like. Like that was so sad for her because that's her essentially just being like, I'm just gonna resign to my fate and probably just never ever be around the company of people who like me ever again in my life so whatever yeah <laughs> although i will say, although i i will say that um every, a lot of the episodes going forward uh don't really bring it up everybody just sort of goes back to being neutral about her yeah it, it, i think that that's when everything balances out and carl is just 
one yeah, of us now. I, I think it was like I think it was it was less about uh, th- that. Karala th- Car- doing that was less about what was going to happen to Karala and more about making Cheryl sh- sh- shook. Uh, like, uh, like it was, it, was, it was Cheryl coming around to Karala. Just like fucking, I, I can't believe she fucking did that. Like, why, why would she do that? Like, she's like, and then Cosmo catches her. Cosmo like finds her, basically pulling an Amaro and just sitting in the dark, shell shocked, and just like in the fetal position. Her. Yeah, just like fucking like I'm, actually coming to terms with what a horrible monster she's been this entire time. And Cosmo's like. F- fucking Co- Cosmo is just so aloof. Like I, I love and, and like this. Ah, this is just proof how on purpose, how on purpose everybody's unlikability is. Because it's like Cosmo doesn't do any shonen protagonist shit. He legitimately like responds like an uncaring dickhead would, and is basically just like, wow, you did what? Man, that sucks to be you. Uh, anyway, I have this dirt on you now. Bye, and like leaves. Yeah, because Cosmo sucks. Cosmo, Cosmo is like Cosmo's worse than Kai. Oh yeah, no, like I, I, because Kai's just kind of like a big loser, Melvin. Yeah, I shit on Kai as a bit. I, I earnestly love Kai. Uh... Yeah, Kai's great. But my friend pointed out toward the, the end of double of double oh seventy nine, there's a point where Sail is just a massive asshole to him for no reason. <laughs> I like. I think it's just like. I think, like, Kai makes, like, some sort of comment, like, kind of being like, uh, I don't think we're gonna survive this one, and, or, like, just, like, some sort of self-deprecating comment, and then Sailor just, like, like, looks at him and goes, like, you're fucking disgusting! <laughs> it's like, God! Leave, leave Kai alone, but also don't. Cos, yeah, like, everyone is, is, like, I say Bess is the most likable, but, like, even Bess is far from a perfect person. Yeah, no, the bar's low. I, I like Bess. Like, the I, Bess is the character you're probably going to like the most. Bess and Carla, probably. Yes, but B- B- Bess is still very much a... F- Bess is still very much a, f- a flawed character with a flawed perspective on things. He is just the most level-headed about the situation because of his mil- because of his military training. Yeah. Um, it's... It, it, it is... You know, like, the, the, and this is what... This is what compelling fiction is. This is the kind of shit that, like, you don't... This is the kind of shit that, like, cliche, like, cliche Tumblr-tier fandoms are are scared to grapple with because the idea of legitimately connecting to a flawed character and, by extension, a flawed person in real life terrifies them to their very core. Um, so... I mean, it, it, that's all the most interesting characters are deeply flawed no one is a like i mean as much as we, we spent like three hours in the last episode talking about char mm-hmm. and like how like everyone likes char char's cool char's awesome char's also did a lot of fucked up shit yes and and, and also and, and honestly like you're right and and i do want to amend that so it's 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 less that it's less that like they might say some of them might say that uh, some people of that of that ilk might might say that like oh I don't I don't like problematic characters I don't like I don't like characters who like do fucked up shit and are bad. What it, what it really comes down to is they have their own list of of either sh- sh- uh, fucked up shit that they'll allow or types of people types of characters that they allow to get away with fucked up shit and a different a, a character of a different sort. 
that that doesn't tick off a lot of their surface level boxes they could do the same fucked up shit as a different character in a different show and they and and like you know like oh you're not allowed to like them it's problematic to like them uh i don't know why i'm going on this tear out of fucking no i I guess it's just because like i don't know i was just um it's imagine if edion had a uh imagine if edion had a tumblr fandom it would never happen it would never it would never happen. happen Um, but uh, honestly, because it's like I, I, I was just thinking of like how I, I guess it's just because like I, I come from cartoons and like even you know even anime where they're allowed to get away with a lot more in terms of censorship like even most of those examples where they can get away with a lot more are still usually uh, marketed towards younger skewed demographics if not just you know whoever will give them money for merchandise, uh, be it a child or a sad 30-year-old man um, living alone. But uh, in this economy? Uh, but so I it's, – it's, it's rare that I see this sort of thing from the stuff I usually watch, uh, but it's, it's more often that you see this sort of thing from, like, adult-focused – dramas that uh arguably do this worse or at the very least are received almost like similarly wa- like walking i mean you could say walking dead is a similar show to this yes but i think even those shows even those shows that go out of their way that do go out of their way to be like all of these people all of these people are are either are garbage or at the very least flawed like even those fandoms that don't ever get as like vitriolic and like call outy as like as like popular like fandom shit even those people will still have like characters have like favorite characters that they'll allow to get away with stuff and they won't uh, unpack it from a perspective of oh i like this character because they're flawed they'll just be like oh man that character's cool like they have a gun and they say cool stuff um and then like that character's wife usually will like try to be a voice of reason they'll be like oh fuck that stupid bitch what an idiot um why can't why can't like there's so many people watched Breaking Bad and went why are so many people trying to get Walter White to stop doing what he does Walter White's cool and just like missing the entire point of that entire series um well it's almost like fandoms are the worst it's yeah it's 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 almost like it's almost like we it's almost don't... like that's the worst way to to look at art and fiction it's almost like we we truly have forgotten if we ever knew how to like read text at all like even on a surface level we just don't know how to watch stories anymore yeah um, it's i that's yeah and i think Edeon is a good show to bring that up with in context too because it's like i don't know how many people would appreciate Edeon today and that saddens me i mean how many people appreciated it back then fucking not yeah. enough yeah definitely i can see why this is not a popular show i can see why it wasn't a popular show like I don't think this ever would have been a popular show. It's like I I I don't want to harp on to like the 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 depressing like uh kill 'em all Tomino memes, but it's like this is not a fun show. I want to make another I want to make another ridiculous comparison <laughs> of Ideon to something that is very not Ideon and yet makes me think of it. Um Ideon Core. Uh Uncut Gems? I've not seen it yet. I haven't seen it, but I listened to a review of it that broke it down in a way that I, re- I really liked. Like it, like it's. I was listening to, to Waypoint Radio, and 
I am basically always vibing with like Austin Walker and his crew. Um, Gita Jackson just joined their staff, and like she's fucking fantastic. Um, great video game journalist, but also like was hyped for this movie. And it's basically like it's it's one of these pieces of media that you see, or at the very least, I see less and less of just like just flawed, fucked up, stupid people. But because they are the focus of this narrative, you end up rooting for them on some level. That that's the entirety reason why I love Kaiji so much. Yeah. Kaiji is a man with a gambling problem who every time he makes it out of whatever horrible life-threatening debt he's in, he immediately throws himself back into it. You should watch Uncut Gems. I know. That's I, I, I know. I just haven't yet. <laughs> so we get to episode 16, uh, which is Domino's Lethal Strategy. As we bring up Domino, uh, he was pretty important, or at least kind of was, but dies really unceremoniously in this episode. Um... um yeah. I feel like everybody yeah, dies unceremoniously in this show. I feel like death is unceremonious in Edeon. Yeah. Uh, so Domino just kind of kicks the kicks the can in this one. Uh, the most important part of this episode is the fact that at one point, Cosmo is getting so reckless and aggressive, Bess is like, Edeon, return to the solo ship so that, you know, you can protect us. And Cosmo's like, nah, I want to, like, kill Domino. <laughs> So Cosmo does, and the and the solo ship is, is is fine, but like they get back and they're like Cosmo's like, huh, I'm the Edeon pilot, huh, like he's doing that shit, and mm. Bess is like, no, like you you this is my ship, I'm the captain, you guys do what I say, you too, Kasha, and then as you said, Cosmo says, nah, man, that sounds fake and gay. Yeah, no, like. <laughs> Him and Cosmo and Kasha are, are literally just like, what the fuck is a hierarchy? We pilot the big robot, and that means we're, we are the fuck kings of shit mountain. Um, and then Bess goes, okay, cool, uh, and then throws them in gay baby jail. Yeah, throws them, Carla, you're free because we're more mad at them now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, and, and, and I, and, and I, I continue, I continue to wonder about the sixth civilization and what their whole deal was because um like i noted in the first episode um like the, the edeon doesn't didn't have a, a, a classic kind of like pilot seat or any notion of a pilot seat at all they had to install one and before that uh cosmo was sitting in a fucking folding chair while piloting it and part of me wishes that he still was Part of me wishes that they never had time to install one, and he's on a fucking beach chair piloting this <laughs> ancient Lovecraftian deity. Um, and and the, also an inscrutable the, god mech. Yeah, the the just fucking on island time, just chilling out, little cup holder. Um, and uh, the the solo ship uh, does not seem to come with a traditional brig of any kind, even though it clearly was. If not for, regardless of what its original use was for, they were clearly uh, a, a society. They lived in a society, fucking Joker face. Um, and, like, so many people must have been on that ship at one point in time. Like, you know, if, if anybody got rowdy, like, at the very least, you know, Earth humans' first notion would be like, well, we need we need some kind of holding cell of some kind, right? Like, 
Like that's we're just normalized to the notion of jail. Um, and the white base had a jail. Yeah. Uh, Amro got thrown in it like twice. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and but no, like they they literally had to use like animal pens, like and just threw cages in the basement and locked people in them, which is like fucked up and worse. If anything, that if anything, I I I do like that. If for no other reason than than that does that does make it obvious what it is. Like it's mm-hmm. just a fucking it's it's just a fucking like cage. Like they're fucking animals, and it's like this any any notion of like proper order or them having their shit together is just a sham like you you just threw your mech pilots in fucking animal cages and are leaving them down there like you don't have any idea what you're doing you have no grasp on this situation like you're all just flailing yeah so the next episode um the nobody so cosmo and kasha aren't there and uh we're figuring out more about how the e-day works and how the e-day on gauge works and all that yeah, basically they're they're trying to figure out what combination of pilots. It's almost like they're they're playing Super Robot Wars. They're trying to see what pilots give the E down, what boosts. Um, so they they put a TV in front of Cosmo and Kasha. They, yes, like, they, they make them as punishment. They make them fuck. They wheel in a fucking TV like the substitute teacher doesn't want to fucking teach anything today. And it's just like, you're going to watch other people pilot the Edeon worse than you, and we're still not going to let you pilot it. And it works. They get we're gonna so watch mad. <laughs> they, get, they get so mad. It, 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 but the thing is, the people they put on it suck. The Edeon's, like, barely reacting. Edeon doesn't like them. Edeon doesn't like them at all. And these people, like, die pretty horribly. So eventually, Kasha and Cosmo are all like, yeah, we're the only ones who can do it. And, they, and then they, mm. they, you know, def- they kill another one of Harulu's generals. They, they kill another decorated war hero of the Buff Clan. God. And, like, while Harulu sits there and, like, bites her lip in frustration. So, uh, the next episode is when, I, is when things get a little interesting. So, these two episodes were pretty boring. I'd say these are the weakest two of the whole bunch that we watched, where they, they go to Flagstar, the water planet. Yeah, the, these were kind of throwaway. I liked when I like when Deck went fishing and accidentally caught a horrible sea serpent, and yeah, and, and Cosmo just threw a knife at it and killed it. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you picked that. I'm glad you remembered that because I didn't, and that's great. Uh, Cosmo, can we talk about Cosmo with his fucking stupid throwing knives? I hate that so much. I th- I think that was just like sort of like a a trait of like. You know, like like Japanese pop culture back then had had a very limited set of traits that cool people could do. Like re- they had to ride a motorcycle, they had to like play the guitar, they had to th- they had to be good at throwing knives or possibly playing cards, and or like juggling or something. Basically, just everything everything Kaitetsu Zubat did. <laughs> if I can fucking make a deep cut. He's because Cosmo is fucking knives. <laughs> so, the, would you say that the, just um, as we start? Because let's go over the, the. These are pretty boring. But one, one major plot point we learn is that Earth has been over the last couple of years been getting pounded horribly with asteroids that are doing like big colony drop size damage. And Carl is like, huh? Well, Carla says that's happening to the Buff Clan planet. And that's the reason they went to the planet Solo, is that all the weird, there was weird, like, energy signatures coming off of the asteroids, so Carlo went to go investigate. 
y- yeah, they and and uh, Gijay's there right now doing shit. Like all yeah, so Gijay just got back. Yeah, there's a cool sword. There's point. a cool fencing segment. Yeah, he, he fences with Gijay. Cool. Like it, it's funny because we watch another Gijay... thing the Japanese think is cool. Fencing is cool. Fencing is cool, but I'm just saying it, it was like literally every Showa era common rider had to be good at fencing. But they could never have their own sword. They always stole it from a grunt and then would sword fight with their stolen sword. It's weird. Um, yeah. But then he made Cut. like, but then by he I mean uh, Shotaro Ishinomori made that made that one series about like those three monsters that were like we're horrible, we're horrifying looking monsters, but we're good now and we so, we we use sword fighting and we're we are a strange Three Musketeers reference, even though we're all weirdly weird looking monsters. <laughs> You want to talk about throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks, uh, and then not caring if it doesn't? Uh, the, first Shotari, of, the first decade of tokusatsu is just the best. Yep. It is. <laughs> so, um... Over on this planet, they, they, they fight the twins, and they suck. GJ comes back only to get smacked in the face again. Like, GJ, we saw GJ fail... Like upwards of four times horribly and humiliatingly in the first chunk. Then they build up like, oh man, Gijay's back. Like, like kind of like how they could build up Char coming back in in 0079, where you're like, oh shit, it's Char. Char's cool. <laughs> but um, with Gijay, you're like, this guy? Okay. At at the very least, he provides some some much needed like world building lore stuff, like some 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 setup. Uh, bits and pieces i do that is one thing that i think this show is well paced at is it it gives us super ten it gives us the tenderest little bite-sized morsels of like what is actually going the fuck on from the very beginning um it's just all the stuff in between that i think is like poorly paced and could have used some compilation films but so the, this the, this little bit that he gives us is is essentially like yes there there is some strange energy emanating from 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 the planet and not not only not only was it focused where the where the Earthlings dug up the 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 Edeon mach- machines and the Solo ship, but they are it is such a concentrated, powerful signal that it permeates through the core of the planet out into space. Just it just goes. It's just that strong of an energy signal. Um, and like, and so that that is interesting. And then at some point around these episodes, we also figure we, we it's also revealed that um, Earth Earth Logodal and the Buff Planet are basically aligned in in their in. in we learn that a little later, but yeah, yeah. It's, but so so it's like, and then like, and then someone even brings up like, hey, isn't it? Isn't that weird? Isn't this isn't this weird with the asteroids in both our planets? And then somebody's basically like, "Shut the fuck up!" No, it's not. Shut up. Do your job. <laughs> Cheryl like kicks Hotari. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Poor blue-haired Hotari is like, "Hey, I got an idea," and Cheryl's like, "Shut up! You don't talk." <laughs> so uh, I don't know if that happens before or after Flagstar, but they go to the planet Ajian. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the one you were hollering about the most. Which one was that again? This is the first time they go to a planet, out of the, the two times they do it in this uh, 
technically three times they do it in this uh, arc or this chunk. That was the one where they the, the with the char painting. Yes, 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 yes. So they 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 come to this planet. Uh, and honestly, I think this is before the water planet. The GJ does this. This is GJ's fault. Yeah, and so like GJ decides that to, to I don't even remember. I think it was to like either corner the solo ship I think or it was like I think it was legitimately just like this will fuck him up. Yeah, it was essentially like he's like it's all a right, show we'll, of strength. We'll sh- we'll have this awesome display of strength. Not awesome as in cool. Awesome as in like big awe inspire like awe like like makes you feel awe but in a bad way um we'll have this ter- devastating attack on your planet and then we'll be like give us the eat on we'll go away uh yeah and it pretty no, much works like it it does uh it, this is it, this is one of the moments because it, it it happens i think it, it this discussion happens several times in this span of episodes where somebody's just like why like hey why don't we just give them the Adeon? And basically, like, no one has a... Like, in my opinion, no one has a good answer. They're just like, well, because then they'll just use it for bad stuff, and it's just like... They'll just kill us with it. Y- yeah. That's Cosmo's That's Cosmo's whole... Yeah. I, his thesis. <laughs> yeah, like, and then, well, Cosmo, Cosmo even goes so far as to say that the Buff Clan would wipe out the entire human race, like, the entire human population. Like, they would just commit a genocide on humanity, and it's like, I... I I guess it's enough. I guess it is enough that I can't confidently say that like they wouldn't. So, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, GJ did that to a whole planet like without blinking. True, but I also GJ like... ju- did just exterminate a planet. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Um. Well, because the, 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 we we do eventually start to find out that like at the very least, some members of the Buff Clan have not not altruistic reasons for wanting the Aeon, but reasons that have nothing to do with humans. Like, they, they very much want to, some of them very much want to take the Aeon and just go back to the Bup planet, um, and then use it for their own purposes, um, which is where we start getting into, uh, Buff Clan politics, which was, uh, which I was very excited to see, because I, I do, I did yeah. want to that, and I was hopeful for that. But, but yeah, no, they... They genocide a whole planet, uh, including one lone Gundam fan who has an enormous portrait of Char above his bed, which is the only and thing several I managed horrors. to see before. It, it was literally a half second of some random civilian's bedroom, and then it exploded in, in nuclear fire. <laughs> and then uh, there was also, like, two frames of some horrors. So just this, this poor Gundam otaku just eating shit. No, I can't believe that's where I died is very good um one thing that i really liked about this episode that i could see this is also another big jab at anti-nationalism well not a jab at it it's a jab at nationalism tomino is is anti-nationalism he's not pro it i I see this as a criticism of nationalism as well as the fact that the people of ajian are all just like why are we going to help you you're from planet solo you're just as alien as they are where it's like they're still humans, and yet there's all humanity is like you know fighting an alien race, mm-hmm. but they're still finding ways to differentiate each other from each other. Y- yeah, like oh we have we we're we're from this planet. Fuck you guys from your planet. Yeah, it's 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 bad. I I also am just now starting to think about the ramifications of like of like a a post-World War II Japanese creator writing writing a story beat where 
an extremely overpowering military force like uses an absurd amount of uses an absurd amount of like high explosive like country damaging weaponry more as a show of power than out of any sort of necessity whatsoever hmm it makes you think yeah what does that remind me of uh, absolutely nothing uh, I don't know. real life <laughs> what the, what the fuck's a history book what the fuck's a history book all i know is anime Uh, so they leave that planet because there's nothing on it anymore. There's no, yeah, there's like maybe like there's uh, some dudes. That's yeah, about wh- it. Wh- they, hate, they hate the solo ship. Whoever's left kicks them out and says, "I hate you forever. Go away." Um, <laughs> and then you got mad at Bass because he was like, "We'll have to be more careful next time." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, I, I don't. That's the maddest. I think you hated Bass for a solid like hour after this I... episode. <laughs> There's several things that happen in this stretch of episodes where I'm like, man, like, Bess sucks now. Like, not as bad as everyone <laughs> else, but, it's like, I, I'm not rooting for him anymore. I don't care anymore. Like, uh, it was that, and, like, like, like we'll, we'll, we'll get, like, and then we'll, we'll get to it. Um, but before that, uh, what's the next planet they go to? Then they go to the water planet. Then after... So in between there, um, that's so after they leave they, after Ajion, they hang out on the water planet. The reason they go to Ajion is because Piper Lou got sick. That was the whole thing because he got sick right. earlier. He had the measles, and then they needed to get that's because Bess was like, I don't want to go to another colony because Brazilia got blown up. And then they're like, Well, now now we don't have a choice. Otherwise, Piper Lou is gonna die, and he's like the only thing possibly powering the Edeon. Yeah, and I don't even think they know that at that point. They don't even know that yet, but thank God they found that. They, they, I remember they're like, yeah, because they, they didn't know that. And they're like, holy shit, thank God we didn't let Piper Lou die. <laughs> the infant. We meet Rappo, who is the last addition to the solo ship team. She's the nurse, who was just kind of there, but never on screen before. Yeah. Uh, she shows up a bit more in the third chunk and has some actual things to do in the movie. Oh, good. But, okay. uh... She looks kind of like a palette swap of Lada. Yeah, but, but red. A, a little bit. Like I honestly, like I, I didn't even notice that she has. I didn't even notice that she wasn't in the cast the whole time. I did not at all. Like so, so many, so many of the ancillary characters just aren't necessarily forgettable, but they just sort of blur together as just like that group. Oh, it's yeah, the, like you got it's the... the babysitter. It's the it's the babysitter club. It's the Elyon babysitter club. It's the babysitter club. It's the kids, and it's the the Bess's goons. Yeah, who are like Bess's goons, being like Jolliver, Hatari, Techno, Bento, and Moera. Yeah, the the the, the handful of people who listen to Bess at all. The only reason the ship is functioning at all. God. So, um, we learn now. Uh, so. At this point, everyone has a conversation. Everyone's sitting on the bridge, and they're like, okay, Ajion didn't work. They tra- tracked us to the water planet. No matter what, they're going to chase us to the end of the Earth. What are we- why do we keep fucking running? Cosmo's like, I got an idea. We've been kicking their ass consistently. Like, they're, they're, they're losing ships, and they're losing mechs. So, like, they're not getting a steady supply of reinforcements. Let's just k- kill them. And Bess is kind of like, I mean, when you put it like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think I think at this point, well, because I think at this point, Bess is like, I mean, we're we're too far gone. Like, we 
we they are unable to do anything else actionable like it's just they're only especially especially now that they that it's pretty much dawning on them that they everywhere they go will just bring the buff clan because uh at, at this point the the show has i think both me and the show have just sort of come to terms with the fact that they're never going to find uh, that tracking device, and it's just there forever now, and everybody's just okay with it. Uh, that's fine. I'm not mad. That's fine. I've never it's been fine. mad in my life. Not on the internet. Are you kidding me? But but Bess is like, well, we can't run, because everywhere we, everywhere we try to run gets blown up. Uh, so, yeah, fine. Why not? Let's go with Cosmo's plan. Good sweet lord. <laughs> but they do manage to like destroy Harulu's ship, and Har oh, most of her crew dies, and Harulu by herself, I think, her entire crew dies. GJ got fired, I think. I don't remember if he actually got fired, but he's no longer in the army. He got fired out of a fucking cannon into space. GJ <laughs> just got fired for sucking too hard. But uh, Harulu escapes on a thing and meets up with another guy whose name I forget. And I'm gonna look it up real quick. Yeah, I'm gonna he, edit like, this like, out. He, it just... he like he like saves her at the last minute, right? I think so. Yeah. Um, I think that's his name. I'm trying to find his name because I'm. It, it starts with a D, but I don't remember it, and I like being right. Douche. <laughs> I would absolutely fucking. Imagine, absolutely imagine. It's Daram. It's Daram. Imagine it's not. It's nineteen eighty. Tommy knows. Who knows how good Tomino's English is? Um, he's trying to come up with goofy alien names. He just looks at one care. He just looks at one member of the Buff Clan and goes, "Douche," <laughs> with no self awareness. I wish, if only that that alternate universe exists somewhere. So yes. Uh, it's Daram, and Daram is actually is our new. He replaces Harulu at right. this point. Harulu bounces because Daddy's gonna be mad. Yeah, she needs to go and apologize and grovel in front of her father. So Daram is a mercenary uh, who was given command uh, by Harulu. Given, given, like all of his stuff is given is um, manpower is given to him by Harulu, mm-hmm. and. He had, I think, him and Harulu have like an off had like an off screen previous romance because he keeps like, uh, I'll do this to impress her, mm-hmm. and all, but like it seems like he has like a, he he has like an attraction to her, but also a resentment of her. Like a bad breakup happened, like mm-hmm. this will stick it to her, but also really impress her at the same time. That it's I, very it's I very would, specific. I would also just believe that's normal buff clan courtship. Like you <laughs> have to, you have to both. You have to both impress them, but also establish dominance. And Gijay's with him, and he's like, "Okay, Gijay, I brought you here." And Gijay's like, "Yeah, man, it's because it's because I'm one of the best, right? I'm the best." He's like, "No, Gijay, you suck." And he's like, "Wait, really?" He's like, "The only reason I brought you here is because a, you went to Logo Dao and did some research, and b, you're the only person to fight this thing and not be dead." Yeah, like. God, I I had a really good point in the last episode. I forget, but it was just all about. It was it was just all about how how happenstantial Gijay's entire deal is. It's like like no the, like literally the only reason you're useful is because you haven't died yet. But th- there's also no good reason you haven't died yet. Just 
You just haven't died yet. That's, are... it, that's it. Oh, yeah, and then you, you called him an overman. <laughs> is Gijay... Yeah, is Gijay an overman? <laughs> God, Gijay's an underman. That was the joke you made. Yes, it's the, it's the, opposite, it's the opposite of an overman. It's, it's where, like... You tr- like, it's you know, and and over and overman is like chosen to survive by wise by wise men. Uh, and under and underman somehow fucking Tom and Jerry's their way out of every situation, no matter how bad, no matter how much Wiseman tries to kill them. Examples of examples of undermen: Jared Mesa from Zeta Gundam, except his luck runs out eventually. Mashmir Cello from fucking Double Zeta. Patrick Colsar from Mobile Suit Gundam Double O. Those are all Gundam. Uh, Team examples. Rocket. Team Rocket. Uh, vanilla. Vanilla. <laughs> please watch Armor Trooper Votoms. Oh my god. That is our daily, our daily, our weekly reminder for you to please watch Armor Trooper Votoms. Uh. Okay. Before we go to the to the Karal arc. Which where where Cosmo gets a girlfriend for 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 just a scant two and a half episodes. <laughs> yes. Um, before we do that, heavy scarecrows around girlfriend. Bringing up Votoms again. How do you think this compares to Votoms? Oh like, my Like just right God. now, because I'm kind of curious. I got a couple questions I wanted to ask you. See, honestly, this I think Votoms is more comparable to Edeon than Gundam is to Edeon. Um, I think Votoms is, I think Votoms is better just because it's paced a lot better. I I just think Votoms is like a perfect show. There's like almost nothing wrong with it. There's, yes, honestly, like, yes. Like I I'm, because Votoms, oh my god, Votoms is so good. We don't deserve Votoms. You really fucking, God. Watch Votoms. <laughs> watch vote, please watch Votoms, or at least listen to us watch l- listen to us watching votoms for you what if we just like what if we just like <laughs> what if every time we have a new season of metrospective we just do votoms again after this the finale of every season after this season like season three onward the finale of every season of metrospective is going to be us reviewing votoms but also comparing it to everything else we watched that year <laughs> and how does this compare to Armor Trooper Votoms? <laughs> I don't hate that idea is the scary part. So, um, that was mostly... I don't know, I just I, I just wanted to hear, like, just initial, like, vibe feelings um, that are kind of vague. That one I especially need to... I need to know how Edeon ends. Um, we'll, we'll get to, the, to... I think that's gonna be a big chunk of discussion in our Be Invoked episode. Yes. So... But I am interested in ha- I am interested in having that conversation for sure. Two questions, possibly three, if I remember correctly. Uh-huh. Question number one: Do you think the white base would have been better? Would have been better off repla- if it had Cosmo instead of Amuro? I think. I think because I think Cosmo would have got himself fucking killed in the one year war. Cosmo would have gotten himself fucking killed, yes. But even if he didn't, even if, like, you know, even if Cosmo... Even if Cosmo in the Universal Century was a new type and had the same battle record as Amro did, same injury record, same everything, but it was Cosmo, Cosmoing it up, you... 
I think the Earth Federation, if they would have looked at both of them on paper, would have much rather have had Cosmo pilot it. Uh, but I think in terms of the pilot, the Gundam and White Base and the One Year War needed, like it was Amuro. It was Amuro. Um, like Amuro had the self awareness of the situation, like Cosmo didn't. I think. I think people who. I think people who wow cool robot too hard about Gundam probably would have preferred Amuro be more like Cosmo. Uh, Definitely. <laughs> for sure. Um, and then, so the flip reverse of that is, do you think the solo ship would be better or worse off with Amuro? Imagine, like, Amuro and Frau instead of Kasha and um, and Cosmo. Um, I would not... I would not wish the Ide on, 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 on Frau. Uh, put Kai in there. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kai and, like, uh, who's the... Who's the who's the dude who uh whose name I always forget he he piloted the gun the other one uh Hayato the short guy Hayato um yeah him like Amro Kai and Hayato could have piloted the Ideon and Ryu yes yeah and uh job and, and John job John job would definitely pilot the Ideon great job he would do great a great job, job. I like how John Job was like one of like the the few like tertiary white base characters that didn't really weren't really char- a character, but they had a name. Yeah, <laughs> I like I how Ideon has like eight John Jobs. <laughs> <laughs> um, my favorite is Jolliver. <laughs> I love Jolliver. Jolliver's great. His name is Jolliver. End of discussion. He's a blonde dude named Jolliver. That's all I need to know, and that's hopefully all I ever will know. And I. Honestly, um, he's the only person whose whose death I will lament. I'm just assuming he's gonna die. I don't even know. So you know, we get to. Uh, <laughs> so now we're gonna get, we're not gonna get to the Kiaral arc. Okay, well, actually, final question: Do you think the White Base and the Solo Ship would both be way better off if they had Kiriko instead of Amro or Cosmo? <laughs> um, using as many as little spoilers for Votoms as you can. actually don't know i th- i think kiriko it no he, the white base would be better off but the solar ship would be fucked because the ida would not give a shit about kiriko the the, the ida would either not give a shit about kiriko or the or or kiriko would immediately synchronize with the ida day one he would walk into the one of the ida machines and it would just immediately scream <laughs> And just blow up the planet. Kiriko's body would just like deter would just become light. <laughs> y- yes, Hikari Ninare, a hundred percent. He would just like dissolve. Uh, yeah. Um. God, please watch Armor Trooper Votoms. Please watch Armor Trooper. And then Ki- Kiriko, I think. Uh, I think honestly, you would get the same. You would get the same performance out of Kiriko that you did out of Amuro. Kiriko and Amuro are fucking like simpatico. They're they should. I I crossover ship them. <laughs> Um, no, but, but Kiriko only has eyes for Fiona. That's true. I mean, look, it, it, Kiriko it, has the heterosexuality virus. I yeah, I I do think it's a plat- I do think it's a plat- it's a platonic ship, but it's still it's still a strong and beautiful bond. Um, Cursed post to their Moirails. <laughs> <laughs> they are though. 
So, uh, yeah. I'm stuck as a curse we all have to bear. Um. So we get to Planet Carl. <laughs> Finally, in this podcast. Yeah, so, well, we to we well, hey, they decided to interrupt the story with a recap episode, so we decided to interrupt the story with our bullshit. Yeah, I, I, the, the only interesting thing about the recap episode that I liked was one super great, super great recap. I wish, I honestly wish there was more. Uh, I wish it recapped the first fourteen episodes. Period. Um, then I could literally be like, just watch those first. Um, and uh, and then also I, I like that it opened with the Buff Clan fairy tale about the E Day. Um, just because yeah. I, I needed that refresher the strongest because that's what I wanted to keep in mind the most because I, I, I really want to see how, if at all, it if it has, if the elements of that story have any direct parallels with what whatever ends up happening. So we're in orbit around another planet, the planet of Karal or Kiaral, depending on the subs. Yeah. If you're doing fan, if you're doing official subs, it's Karal. If you're doing fan subs, it's Kiaral. I think Kiaral is a little better. And, and, and just if like you I think Quint was better than Quint. It's Carl. Yeah. I'm a planet. Hey, hey, fry man. So, fucking Master Shake Fry like a meatwad piling the Eday on. Master Shake with an afro. And then the the. It's just the Moon Knights in bad wigs. Just <laughs> fucking uh, GJ and Har- Harulu are just fucking like Ignig Ig- and Ur. <laughs> we'll give them the finger. Yeah, the finger. Oh my god! I this this is the. I hate it. I, I hope you can see this from here, Ideon solo ship, because this is the most disrespectful hand gesture you can make on the buff planet, which is where we are from. <laughs> yeah, we're from the buff planet! Uh, we're samurai, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. So, uh, everyone's just kind of really... I I like how tense everybody is by this. Like, I think everyone... Every episode, their faith and hope dwindles. As does Tomino's. They're just losing... Like, I think every episode, they're less and less sure that they're going to get out of this alive. Yeah, it... At this point, it really does feel... Like, it really does feel like they're going through the motions. Like, I think... Like, after... After this, like... That's probably why they go to Earth eventually, because it's like they didn't want to so hard, and now it's just like, what the fuck else do we do? <laughs> so, so this is, I think, the turning point of the series to me. This was as I think these three episodes were like as good as like the first turning point was, you know, the big multi missile attack and the Brazilian colony on yeah, like, in the last the, chunk. The Ideon literally give it like. The Edeon scream, like I, 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 listened back to it recently, because uh, if you if you just put like Edeon scream into YouTube, somebody did just isolate that minute long clip, and it's real good even out of context. Uh, it's just a man yelling. <laughs> uh, I played a sample of it in our part one episode. Oh, good! I'm so glad. Um, but yeah, so so that was definitely a turning point, and then this is also another like 
like I, I, I another turning point. I, I sent you a screen cap like in the middle of it, of of like. You said from the end of twenty six. Yeah, it was the end of episode twenty six, and it's just like. It's my shit. Like that's it's what I'm here for. It's literally the whole reason I'm here. Like watching Edeon putting up with, <laughs> putting up with the solo ship. This is what I'm here for. Um, this is the tea. So, uh, the planet of Karal is, uh, under attack. There's a distress beacon which leads the solo ship to it. And Cheryl's like, no, we're not gonna go. We gotta go somewhere else. We're not gonna go there because it's just gonna happen the same thing like happened on Ajia. It's just gonna get blown up. They're gonna be dead anyway. Like, why, what a week? They're just gonna treat us like dicks anyway. And Cosmo's like, I don't know, like, when planet Solo was attacked, didn't you want help? In, like, a, a Cosmo being slightly more altruistic than he ever has been? Yeah, um, I, I, I do think it is a strange moment of, 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 like, legitimate... Well, I mean, because, you know, that, you know, at the end of the day, for how shitty he's being, that is ultimately what's fueling this, is, like, you know, one, yeah, one, I want revenge, but, like, two, like, he, he is seeing he is seeing another planet in the exact same situation he was in like i think very few people would very few people who aren't logical like cosmo isn't like cosmo isn't somebody who can check his emotions and go okay what's the smart thing to do what's the reasonable thing to do what's going to work out in the long run what's the tough decision here cosmo is if nothing else, he is passionate, and that is both for better and worse. Usually, usually worse. But in this instance, he's able to be like, "No, like fuck what ma- like fuck what makes sense." Like the these people are going through what I went through, and I'm not going to allow that to happen. Um, because I think the last time we recorded it, I I accused him of being out of character for that. But like I'm yeah. I, I, I think it does work for him. It's just, you know, it's complex. So they go down to the planet's surface, and uh, it's all bombed out. It, they, they got here kind of too late. Like, they're, I think that's one thing. They're like, how long has this been going? And I think best is like 30 hours. Yeah. Or something like that. It was like, and I think a lot of the time was them, them just being indecisive about the course of action. So the Edeon lands... And, and immediately they get shot at by the populace who th- who mistake them for Buff Clan. And uh, the people shooting at them are a, a uh, small group of, a ragtag group of orphans led by uh, Kitty Kitten. The, be- uh, who the best has the same voice actress as Who has the same voice actress as Frau Bo from 0079. I love Kitty Kitten. She, she's Frau Miharu. And if anybody watched 0079, they know what happens to her. <laughs> so, an, uh, the the Buff Clan attack, but you can, as if the uh, an astute viewer will notice that they're not wearing the same f- funky looking spacesuits. They got some crazy new ones because Daram is a mercenary being paid by the Ome Foundation, Ooh. which are apparently a corporation. That are trying to fucking overthrow the the emperor of, of you know the Buff Clan, and apparently Gijay has been a supporter of them all along. Not that anyone asked. <laughs> yeah, no, who like yeah, no one, no one fucking cares. 
Um, but no, yeah, like I, I, I definitely, I'm de like, like I said before, I'm, I'm so invested in, in this, in this buff clan like power grab struggle. It is ultimately between, uh, a, a dict, a dictator and a, a, a nationalist corporate corporation. <laughs> So I don't really care who wins, but I'm definitely here for the drama. So, the Buff Clan attack, and uh, Daram has Gijay as his guy, and they're they're fought off. And this was a really good episode. Cosmo sits down and essentially is just like, hi, uh, we're dating now. <laughs> and Kitty is just like, my entire family is dead, you stupid afro-wearing moron. Yeah, they, they you are very she, loud. I have a headache. They, they, they basically they basically get to like a uh like a a, st a stable relationship of like Kitty's like okay, you're you're only paying attention to like half of what I say cuz you have a crush on me, but also you you I can you'll prop you you seem to want to earnestly help me, so I'll put up with you. And then like Cosmo spends half of their dialogue just like turning his head super embarrassed and cute and like blushing and I'm like if you were a better if you were a better character like this would be fucking cute as shit like like when Amuro was crushing on Matilda's son yes and that was really cute cuz Amuro's cute cuz I like Amuro and I don't like Cosmo but it's still cute cuz he's still a cute boy um, Cosmo sucks Cosmo sucks <laughs> so, uh, the second uh, part of the, uh, we'll call it the Karal Trilogy, uh, episode I want to say like 23 or 24, mm -hmm. or I think tw 24, uh, Gijay late launches another attack, uh, the buff, essentially the solo ship, uh, Bass talks to the leader of, of whoever is left at Karal, and he's like, can we have some guns and some, like, missiles to put on our big man? <clears throat> And they're like, no! No, we need those! Are you fucking... Look at us. We have nothing. There's like 12 of us left. We... Go... Who are you? Go away. Please. And Bess is kind of saying the same shit. Yeah. Um, and so Bess is just like, hmm. Let's just take them. Let's just take them. What if we just... So Kitty is like, my dad was like a requisite... Now. Kitty kind of, like, is just like, I just want to get out of here. Like, this this place is bumming me out. I just want to not be here. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much her entire... <laughs> this place is harshing my vibe. <laughs> it's... <laughs> so she, she kind of just... She's just on the solo ship now, and I think what they imply is that the her, her kid orphan crew are now on the solo ship. Yeah. I don't know if we ever see them again, but... Uh, after these around. episodes because i think like because every time like when they landed on ajion they were like the people because ajion wasn't immediately under attack they were like okay all the civilians if you guys want to become citizens of ajion you can just stay here and everyone's like holy shit i can get off this hell ship because uh, like there's tons of like unseen survivors from solo yeah yeah it's, it's a refugee ship so um. like people people are like we can we can just go we can get off this fucking hell ship and then no and i think just more people came aboard god 
like people from Brazil or people from Ajian and like now people from Karal are getting on there and they're just like and they're just also it just makes the vibe worse on the solo ship everyone's even more mad and resent each other even more things are absolutely devolving but so kitty's kitty's like hey i don't care about my home planet anymore i'll show you where we keep the weapons and you can take them uh and bess is like sick bess is like sick and then plot b revolves around gj almost successfully stealing the Edeon. yeah that 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 this might have been my favorite gj plan if for no other reason than like this is peak because it's like the 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 dude the dude who hired him like he he calls him up and is like i have eyes on the edeon no one's in it i can take it right now and he's just like that's the stupidest fucking plan i've ever heard i'm not gonna i'm not gonna stop you but if you fuck up this is entirely your fault i wash my hands of this entire situation click and gj is basically just like great i can do it uh sick <laughs> GJ, sick, I got his permission. Yeah, just GJ. Oh my god, GJ. I, 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 like, I think I've come around to liking GJ like, because of how much he fucking sucks. He sucks so bad, and it's so... He's trying so hard. It literally is, like, this Team Rocket kind of endearment of, like, he's so ineffective, I can't see him as a villain. Like, <laughs> he's just a buffoon. He's a but he has a pretty cool like lightsaber fight with uh he has two really cool lightsaber fights with Cosmo. Yeah. In these episodes. He has a really like that the whole segment of like Cosmo almost getting like dropped out of the Edeon was pretty cool and he like Sam Fisher's his way somehow out of the like the death duct. Was was this while was this while GJ was fucking planting bombs on it or was that a different thing? That's that's this episode too cuz I think that's after they kick kick GJ out. Darom comes to go save GJ's ass and he's like GJ get out of here. I put a nuke mine on it. Right. A remote detonated nuke. Um y- yeah. God, every time they do the lightsaber fights, I forget that this show has lightsabers cuz they do it so sparingly and then the lightsabers show up and I'm like god damn it. This show has lightsabers in 1980. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whenever they have lightsabers, I'm like, oh, this is gonna get schlocky. I love it. <laughs> it, it truly is. It, tr- it truly is like this anime is the cover of like a trashy pulp sci-fi novel no one's ever heard of come to life. It's so good. It's so good. I love Edeon. <laughs> so the two of the so um, at this point they manage to um, I think. They've repelled two attacks from them, and then the people of Karal are just like, okay, you guys stole all of our weapons, what now? And in the third final episode of this arc, Bess is like, let's fucking get them. I mean, like, with the, I think with our ships, the Edeon, and your ship, we could, if we manage to, like, mount an attack, maybe we can repel them and get them to retreat. And so they're like, alright... So there's this pretty big dramatic battle in space. This is when, like, they start putting, like, a ton of the nuke mines all over the, um, the Edeon, and then, like, Cosmo gets... God, this is when Cosmo... I think in this fight with GJ, Cosmo gets injured. That's uh, when Cosmo gets the injury. Yeah, he, yeah, he he's, like, bleeding out in his suit. And he keeps, like... It, 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 like, Moera's like, okay, Cosmo, we gotta retreat. And he's like, no, no, God, must kill more buff clan. I, I, I haven't killed enough buff clan yet. 
And everyone's like, Cosmo, my god! <laughs> and, uh, so Daram and another guy, uh, I think... I, I don't think it's... I think it's on the solar ship. I think they managed to break through the, like, the... They somehow managed to get on the, uh... Like, the... the They're, like, weird forest dome. They kind of get in there. And, uh, one of Kitten's... Mer like, uh... Not mercenaries. Orphans runs out and is all like, It's the aliens! I'm gonna shoot them! And Katie's like, No! Don't! Don't! Please! <laughs> no! And the kid open Kid fires a shot and the recoil knocks him over and it kills the guy next to Daram. And then, like... Kitty pulls out her gun, and then Daram just draws faster and shoots her, like, straight through the heart. Yeah, just, uh, again, like, unceremoniously. Just, she just dies. It's in, like, right there. And then Daram is just like, holy fuck, that was a kid shooting at me. What is this? Mm-hmm. Like, he does it out of, like, reflex. Just, like, seasoned soldier, enemy, enemy firing at me, kill them before they can kill me. And then he's just like, wait, did I shoot, like, a teenage girl? What the fuck? Man, this today sucks. Today sucks. God, I'm blaming GJ. Yeah, right. <laughs> and we'll we'll have a resolution for GJ in the next two episodes. So, but Cosmo is completely like dying. He's losing blood. He's going to die, and he has really specific type blood that Carla also has. Um. Yeah. And so then they get like a blood transfusion, and it's it's you know. So this is 25. This is the episode you liked a lot. Yes, and because. Because Tomino's a, a a fucking good writer, because this the staff who made this anime is good. It's it's an important fucking scene of like it's treated with the way it is of like the 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 kid who arguably wants the buff clan dead the most now has buff blood coursing through his veins. Like Karala is Karala continues to be like the the one thing that's like keeps them from being able to just like to just like dehumanize the entire buff clan like because otherwise it would be if Karala wasn't there it'd be so easy to do they wouldn't even have to think of them as people like they wouldn't um is Tomino a genius fucking no one's a genius intelligence is fake Tomino's a very good writer uh <laughs> that's what I mean yes <laughs> <laughs> But so, and it's it's this really good shot. It's this really good shot. Like the, the the narrator starts talking over everything and is just like, fucking philosophizing on the on like the 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 greater themes of this of this show. While like, the 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 shot sort of zooms out and we get this nice shot of like, we get this nice effect of like the the background the 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 the, the setting fading away and it's just. Cosmo and Kerala on a bed with the fucking blood transfusion tubes linking them, connecting them together while they're both unconscious and just like the universe is happening behind them and basically we just get like a, like, this is just an extreme foreshadowing, like again, like the, the only reason I know any, like, I, I, I almost wish I didn't know. I almost wish I didn't know where this series was going, and, and you were just like, Tooch, trust me, just watch this. Because I would I would be just as invested, if not more, because I would just be like, oh, what the fuck is this show going to be? And I still ultimately don't know, but, like, God. I'm the, Aeon is, yeah, I can't, I, I'm almost dreading having to go through Stardust Memory, because I just want more Aeon. <laughs> I mean, I'm already halfway through Stardust Memory, so I don't mind. 
What are, what are you thinking? What are your first impressions? Um, well, I mean, this is the second third time. Third impressions. This right, is your second yeah. or third time watching it. Uh, I'd like... I, I think I'm I'm becoming more comfortable with what it is. Um, I I honestly want to make I think I think this time around I'm gonna I'm gonna end up making more comparisons to it and OHMS team than anything else. Yeah, th- I think those two are the most comparable directly to each other. But uh, I I um I'm, I don't know if I'll keep this in, but I might. Yeah, I I'm on the, I'm on the episode with the one armed Xeon pilot. Oh, the one that's really, really gay. Uh, yes, and I, I forgot about that one, but now that I'm in, the, I literally, I'm, I'm in the dead center of this episode, and then you called to record, so I'm, I'm definitely gonna, no matter how late we go, I'm gonna finish this episode before bed. Um, it's, it's very gay. I also watched did, did you get the, to the, there was a really short, there was some kind of short animation that apparently ties into a CD drama that was included. Oh, the Mayfly of Space. Yes. Um, about SEMA, yeah. Yeah, SEMA, and I, I want to mention that in our episode. Yeah. But yeah. So, Kitty dies. Cosmo doesn't even know because he's unconscious, which leads yeah, us the, into episode 26. Then I remember I remember the, the narrator being like, Cosmo, basically, like, I'm paraphrasing, but the narrator was basically like, Cosmo doesn't even know his girlfriend's dead, but the narrator uses the word girlfriend, at least in the translation. And I, I, I was, like, alone watching this and just went to my screen like, Really? <laughs> Mm. Cosmo thought that was his girlfriend. I don't think Kitty thought that. Uh, I yeah, I I do like, I do like that for a second. Uh, the, the 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 like, if I didn't know anything about Tomino, that this show would have done a much better job of making me believe that Kitty was gonna survive this. Like, gonna be honest, Kitty showed up, and before I knew anything about her, I was like, ah, girl, you're not making it. <laughs> uh just the fact that she showed up i was like yeah she's gonna die um but i you know that's just it's whatever <laughs> but i mean i think that's how kitty felt too for <laughs> <laughs> man the i think tomino predicted uh millennial like m- millennial uh s- self-deprecating apocalyptic humor <sighs> I think he invented it. Yeah, I think, yeah. Tomino is the grandfather of millennials. Um, Thanks, Dad. God. Um, But but I I, I did enjoy, like, the the brief period of time when it was just acting like a normal anime and Cosmo had a crush and, like, like, Kasha was being, like, very, like, not Sundere, but very legitimately just, like, like you're being gross. I don't like that you're happy and have feelings for this girl. And he's like, "What are you jealous?" And she's legitimately like, "That's the most disgusting thing you've ever said to me." Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of also like how dislikable Kasha is. No, Kasha's a brat. She's the epitome of brat. Like even worse than, like even worse than Asuka. But I, I do think Asuka is very much uh, Kasha too. Kasha, but like, let's actually analyze this. Yeah, let's, uh, yeah. Kasha, let's psychoanalyze why Kasha is like Kasha. Huh. What if Kasha had interact with Amaro? What if Kasha. So. What if Kasha and Cosmo had to play DDR to pile the Edeon better? <laughs> so. Uh. The 
essentially, Daram is like Gijay's like heavily injured, and Daram's like, I'm so fucking done with you. Like, why did I even hire you? I don't even know what I pay you for. Like, I don't even want to look at you. I just want to slap you. And Gijay's like, I'm sorry. I'll prove myself this time. He's like, that's what you said the last nine times, Gijay. Uh, I promise I'll prove myself. And uh, at this point, uh, they're, they essentially are all solemnly like, we got to go back to Earth. That's like the only ch- choice we have at this point. Yeah, they, they, they did not want to, except for Cheryl. <laughs> Cheryl's, the only Cheryl's... Person, Cheryl's the only person hype about this. Yeah, Cheryl's like, I I gotta I get to use the computer. I get to use the big boy computer, and I can learn about the E Day. I can play. So, I can play um, Doom too. Cheryl, uh, well, Cosmo learns that Kitty's dead, and he he has a he has a baby cry. I was it was funny because I was watching that scene again today. And I, I had a thought occur to me, like, imagining if, like, Ideon had the same kind of, like, ma- like mass push that to, like, it had the same brand recognition as Evangelion. Mm-hmm. And I'm just imagining, they're like, oh my god, Cosmo's such a pussy posts <laughs> in my head. <laughs> I'm just imagining that, because I'm just like, he has, like, a he has like a pretty big, like, he has, like, a, a Camille from Zeta Gundam, like, level meltdown. Which I like. I like when... That's why... I think that's half of why I like Nicolas Cage as an actor, is I like people who just completely melt down and have a tantrum. It reminds me of myself. Yeah, no, same. <laughs> like, I love... Like, Cosmo full-on is, like, being a complete emotional douchebag to everybody, and it's great. Like, Cosmo starts, like... He goes through, like, every single stage of grief in, like, a minute. <laughs> It's like, at first he's like openly sobbing, then he's like, I gotta kill more buff clan. Oh, my wound. He gets up and Dex's like, I wanna help you, Cosmo. You should lay down. He's like, fuck you, kid. You don't know what you're talking about. And Cheryl's like, says something snarky. And he's just like, fuck you, Cheryl. No one likes you. And she's like, I'm offended. I'm leaving. Cheryl does like the, Cheryl reminds me of like a even shittier version of the mom from Arrested Development. This is like the, the, the scenario you're describing is like, it has the exact same energy as like not even an episode but specifically a previously on segment at the in the middle of a reality series because like the previously on segments <laughs> they hyper focus on every single argument that happened in like the last two episodes and that's all they ever show you and it's just it's just a, a, a montage of like someone going like what the fuck? Why the fuck would you say that? Like, what the fuck? Oh my fucking god! I'm gonna fucking lose it. I'm gonna lose my mind. It's like I'm seriously gonna fight that dude. I can't believe she said that to me. <laughs> That's it. Like I'm see. Like I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna fucking end that guy. I fucking hate him. Uh, if we ever make an Eon spinoff to our never ma- to the Gundam Abridged series, we'll never make. We need to just do Eon, but with like the Office style like co- interview cutaways. God. Yes. <laughs> just best being like. Man, sometimes I really just want to, like, start shooting random people so that people start listening to me. <laughs> but then I just think it's not worth it. Um, but that, for, 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 some, for some reason, I don't think the ship would like that. And I don't know why I feel that way. <laughs> I don't really have time to think about it, though. Um, oh, fuck, the buff clatter attack! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you think Cosmo's, like, bad joke is, like, he spills something on his fucking... Like, he, he's, like, drinking water and he spills it on his lap and he's just like, Thanks, Buff Clan! Oh he's just like, Damn you, Buff Clan, every time! Oh. Cosmo, like, just... And, like, Cosmo Corrales... Bang, like, stubs... 
like every time he does it, like the camera unfocuses and reveals that Kerala is in the background every time and hears him. <laughs> That's a great idea. <laughs> it's just her holding a mug of coffee and she just like silently like sulks away. <laughs> Poor Carla. I like her disco suit with the bell-bottom pants. <laughs> oh, it's great. It's, it's great. The show is sad. So, uh, Cosmo has, like, a fucking tantrum. And gets in, he, like, he's too injured. But, uh, he keeps, like, bringing up Kitty, like, I, I, everyone needs a reason to fight. I'm fighting so I can kill the people who killed Kitty. And Dax, like, can you stop? Can you, can you stop, like, demanding genocide over a woman you knew for 24 hours? And the Cosmo's like, you know what, Dak? I'm not going to talk about Kitty anymore. <laughs> and the episode ends with, uh, with like, at the beginning of this episode, Bess was like, this is why, this is why I got you to really not like Bess. Where Bess was like, listen, if you, you got to show us where the buff planet is. So that, like, maybe we can like, when we go to earth, get people and go attack the buff planet. And she's like, I got, I got to think about it. And he's like, I respect that. Yeah, no. And then he was like, um, I'm sorry, what are you gonna say? And then he's like, then Carl, he was like, Carl, you really gotta tell us. And she's like, okay, I'll do it. And he's like, damn, I can't believe he just did that. Yes, yes. That's the, that is when I truly, that's when I lost all respect. That, that, that is actually when I lost respect for Bess. Like, he was just like, he, he like, legitimately just like, okie doctor. Just like, I really, like, it would really help us if you told us where your home planet is. And she does that, and he's just like, damn that's cold and it's like Be- i can't believe she's that kind of woman yeah it's his exact words and i was like damn best oh god fucking uh the the virgin cosmo and the chad bess <laughs> the virgin bess and the chad bright <laughs> i i think if bro okay the final question would the solo shit be better off with Bright instead of Bess. And I'm talking, like, not like 0079 Bright. I'm talking, like, Char's Counterattack, like, 15-year veteran Bright. Oh, fucking... Uh, honestly, I I think 0079 Bright would have done a better job. Like, he fucking... He, I, he... I, I seriously think Bright would have just straight up shot Cosmo in the fucking head. I think he would have... He... Or kicked, like, smacked him out of an airlock. He, he wouldn't have, um, he definitely would have thrown him in jail sooner and more often. Uh. Do you, do you think he would have, he would have straightened Cosmo out? I th- or do you think Cosmo's just too much of a shithead and would not have responded to it the way Amaro did, kind of? Yeah, I, I, I think, I think. Because Bright I, is kind of Amaro's other abusive dad. Yeah, because, like, Bright, like, Bright was definitely, like, uh, most of what Bright did was, like, out of necessity than anything else, and he was still just trying to act as an authority figure, and, like, Cosmo just was not having that no matter what. Um, You're not my dad. My dad got crushed by a bulldozer. Yeah, it's like, you're not my dad. My dad has space madness and fell down the stairs. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Yeah, I think Bright would have done. Bright would have done a better job. Uh, but I, I do. I don't think it. It wouldn't have been marginally better. <laughs> um, 
It would have been. I think Bright would have lost his shit sooner. Yeah. Here, here's what I'll say. I think Bright. I, I just, I, I, I have no way to prove this, but for some reason, I, I feel like, I feel like whenever they landed on a, on another colony or a base, I think Bright would have been able to, like, negotiate better. I think Buff Bright would have been able to like negotiate Carla getting back to EJ and every nothing nobody else has to die. Yeah, that that okay. Yes, you know what? That is the linchpin. Bright Bright would not have been horny for Carla. Bright's already married. Yes, but I think even again, I think even Double Seventy Nine Bright wouldn't have wouldn't have been. Um, he would not have. Or, or at the very least, he legitimately wouldn't have let that get in the way because it's like Bright like had that thing going with uh with Mirai, with Mirai and like they they were clearly and he was sad when like she had her like she Mirai had a thing for Slegger but also had like her her dopey fucking fiance yeah and like you know like that that was a legitimate subplot like they had tension but he he didn't like fucking the the one year war was never at stake because of Bright's erection. I can't say the same about Bess. I can't say the same about Char. <laughs> Char's erection fueled the one-year war. The one-year war. The one-year war was fueled by the erections of Tamaray, Char Asnable, and fucking Garanzabi. It got it sure was. Those were the three. That those were the 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 real factions of the one-year war. Was those three men's fucking dicks sword fighting in space that's the wisest thing anybody's ever said about gundam 0079 thank you my brain is huge um. yes <laughs> yes uh so finally they they arrive uh near the moon and the moon is like no go away the moon's like no go away the earth is like left on red yeah, the Earth, the Earth is not talking to them at all, and the Moon's like, get out of here before we blow you up. Yeah, and... And Cheryl's like, no, I want to use the computer! Uh, and they meet... They meet one helpful man. Yeah, a, a shuttle from this, I think the science... The, the science team of Earth. The, science man Kolbach shows up. Science man, leader, president of science. Uh, president of the science club of Earth. He, he's yes. good at... Science. And he's like, are you where he's like, I was contacted by a Dr. Gnome, I think. And Cheryl's like, that's my dad. And he's like, okay. She's like, I need to use the computer on the moon. <laughs> and he's like, okay. Like, he like, he's very, very okay with this. He's dad like, says right, it's my it. turn to use the moon computer. <laughs> so Gijay and Dharam are all like, fuck, okay, we followed them all the way to the moon, let's attack. So it becomes this, like, full-on three-way conflict. Uh-huh. Where the, the moon is shooting at the Ideon, the Ideon's kind of shooting back. Like, it's more like we're, like, disabling crafts and not killing anybody inside of them, but also the buff clan are attacking. Yeah. Jolliver has a lot to do in this episode, because he goes with them to the computer, and he yeah. has some action stuff. I was so... Action Jolliver. Yeah, on, and honestly, I was legitimately worried for Jolliver's safety. I was like, shit, this is the episode where Jolliver dies, oh no. Um... Luckily, he made it. Yeah. For now. I, I, like, good, 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 yeah, for now. Man, I like, his name, his name is Jolliver. Good job, good job of her. Uh, if there is a John job of Edeon, it is Jolliver. Absolutely. It's the same, act, it's the same actor. 
he also was Omar McCuvey Marker. So he voices three tertiary characters in the White Base and Mirai's dorky, uh... Mirai's dorky, uh... Oh, and Sun Malo. So he's four different characters on the White Base. And, uh, Mirai's doofy fucking fiancé. He's a Ares, Ares Mu and Ankoku Andromeda in Saint Seiya. Hell yeah. But uh, that's He's that's Balrog so in the Street Fighter movies. That's that's so fucking good. I love that so much. Jolliver and Job John are the same are the same voice actor. I love that so much. And they also are both just kind of blonde guys who are there. <laughs> with good true, names. True heroes. <laughs> The, the, Good job. The icing on the cake would be if he also voiced Keith in, in, in 0083. Keith sucks. <laughs> More like Kaith. Kaith. Oh. Ko sucks too. Does, does Ko suck as much as I remember him sucking? Um, he's or, am we, or am I going to like him more this time? Because the last time I watched it, I really didn't like Ko. He's surrounded by suckier people. I, I, I think he's just kind of a baby uh i i need to i need to see how this plays out i, I need to see the ending of it again i need to see his arc. i gotta watch double 83 it's good again it goes it, like it, it's going down real smooth this time i'm again i'm like i started it this after not even early today i started it when i told you i started it and i'm already like fucking almost like halfway through <laughs> yeah so at this point this is where we start getting Ida on t Yes. So we, uh, like, uh, Gijay gets shot down, he's fighting the Edeon, that's, like, what's going on outside, and, uh, the Earth people are like, you can't be in here, and Cheryl and Jolliver are like, please don't kill us, we gotta redo, use the computer, and Kolbach gets shot and dies, of course. Yeah, him I but knew, man- him I knew wasn't gonna make it, because, because, um, because Cheryl isn't allowed to have nice things. Cheryl really liked him. Like, Cosmo even... Cosmo even was like, like he had some communication with her before they went down, and she was like, like smiled and winked at him and stuff. And Cosmo was pretty much like, "Ew, <laughs> why are you happy?" Ew, Cheryl likes someone. Ew, Cheryl's happy. That's fucking gay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, but this is I'm gonna let. You, do you remember this? Because this is something I think you really want to talk about. Right at the tail end of this is um what Cheryl learns on the computer that she so desperately wanted this entire arc. She she didn't get everything that she wanted, but like basically what she what she figures out. Um oh but one thing I do want to note is that up until this point, like not is that we, we find out that not only was Earth not responding to the Edeon, Earth was also not responding to the moon. Uh the the, the like the lunar people were like under attack and they were hollering for earth to send reinforcements and like nobody was responding and they're like i can't believe they're gonna just let us die i'm so confused and i am extremely invested in that because at the end of these episodes we still don't know why that is yet um and th- i think this is the episode where also somebody in the buff clan is is like hey isn't it we- hey don't these asteroids look like the ones that are attacking that also are hitting buff planet and the other guy's like shut the fuck up don't worry about that uh we're the buff clan we don't care about things that matter um, <laughs> yeah, we're the buff clan. We're stupid. Um, but so, so Cheryl uh, gets back to the ship and basically confirms that, like, yes, as far as my research can confirm, uh, as far as the data we have shows, 
the Ide, the Ideon's power is f- f- seemingly infinite. Uh, and <laughs> the also, biggest computer in the world ran out of decimal points. Yeah, we and and also as far as we can tell, it is fueled by like like the the subconscious fear latent in human latent in the the people on board uh and, and it's mostly and it's most susceptible to like children because they have like the purest emotional response um it's just like it's like everybody's psychic they... aura like their power like le- this is legitimately some like ch- chakra it... ass bullshit and doesn't like Cheryl say something that like the uh, to the to like the, this is like the the collective existence of the sixth civilization? Yeah. Or like she speculates something like that. She, like this is she pro- it makes me think of, of End of Evangelion. It makes me think of that. <laughs> yeah. She she bas- she basically proposes that like that's what happened to the sixth civilization is basically that like they they pissed off Edeon. Or like they pissed off the power of Ide. Like Ide decided that it didn't like them anymore. Um, just because like it's 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 not it's not male it's not malevolent and it's not benevolent. It's it's like chaotic neutral essentially, and it just it fucks up whatever it deems as a threat. And it she postulates that the sixth civilization became a threat while they were trying to use its power. It turned against them which is horrifying yes and horrifying implications i think that that is the one thing that i remember taking away from the end of uh a uh, a contact when i watched it was like th- th- this scene was included in there or some version of it um or maybe it was a later scene similar i don't know but like the, w- when i realized that when i watched that movie b- before uh before we came back to do this podcast even um that's what hooked me on Edeon. That's why I wanted to do it for this show. Was just like it. It wasn't even so much like, oh man, that's a fucked up realization. It's a fucked up realization that they're having while they are in it. They are on the solo ship. They they still have to use Edeon going forward after this. They like it's 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 literally like like what if you just so happened to just like not leave your house in a few days like oh whatever like i'm just home like it, it just so happens that like for a whole week you just keep finding weird happenstances that prevent you from leaving your home and then out of nowhere you one day discover that no you are unable to nothing has yeah, that- nothing has seemingly changed but the context behind your situation has utterly changed it's... I could not have put it better any other way. That is phenomenally put. <laughs> like, and they just have to live with this now going forward, and I'm so fascinated as to what happens. Especially considering that, like, what, the, like, what's the next episode going to be? Like, they're going to go to Earth now? Or are they going to try to? Yeah, we're we're now, well, the, we're now entering into the final stretch, and we're now going to be entering the Earth arc. I'm so fucking ready. I, I I'm... These final 11 episodes are wild. I'm s- and the only thing more wild than these final 11 episodes is the fucking movie. I'm so fucking Be Invoked. Happy. I love you, Dayon. <laughs> we're going to be we're going to be watching Be Invoked together. I hope you know that. Sweet. We have to watch that together cuz it's fucking lit. 
and I need to, I need to be there when you see Be Invoked. Good. I'm like good. the two movies I want to really want to watch together are that and Charles Counter Attack. We have to do those together. Oh, 100%. So the last thing that really happens is that Dharam once again is like, "All right, retreat. We got fuck. We really got to get this thing. Let's regroup." And he leaves GJ. Yeah, yeah. So someone's like, like I think someone's even like, like, sir, what about GJ? And he's just like, fucking, what do I care about a man who does nothing but failed me? And just leaves. What about GJ? Yeah, literally. And and honestly, I didn't even, I don't, I didn't even have an emotional response because I was just like, yep, yep. And GJ is just like, so we have some interesting places for GJ to go in these last in the last third of the show. I can't wait. I'm so ready. I, I censored out the spoiler, and I won't spoil it here. I kind of just wanted to hear your reaction. I usually I shouldn't spoil things for people as much as I do, because I, I just get excited you, and talk about my favorite parts of things. Yeah, you you did spoil that for me, but I'm so glad you did because I'm so fucking ready for it. I I just I'm just like preparing for it to wash over me. It's like, have you ever been to one of those fucking um, have you ever been to one of those like uh water like water parks and like they have like the big play area and like over t- like in the middle of it is just a big bucket that's slowly filling with water <laughs> yes like, i know exactly what every, you're talking about every like i don't know every like half hour or whatever it's just like Wah! like a siren goes off and it just dumps on whoever's underneath it just it's just like <laughs> i'm just standing under it arms outstretched and my eyes are closed and the bucket just says gijay I'm I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a fucking I, I'm I'm gonna be a risky boy here. I'm gonna make I'm gonna take, I'm gonna make a spicy bet. I'm gonna make a very fucking spicy bet. I think mm-hmm. Gijay is going to endear himself so much to you in this final third. I can't, I hope you're right. That would just because and best, I'm gonna the best personal face turn for me in my opinion of, 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 of my thoughts. And then I then I want you to be really mad that GJ and Vanilla have never been in a Super Robot Wars game together. Oh my god! I I I want Vanilla to punch him in the face. <laughs> Do you think Vanilla could defeat GJ? Absolutely! Are you kidding me? Vanilla could Vanilla would beat the shit out of GJ. <laughs> Cause like this is this is the thing that's like I I, I I had the thought while watching I'm just them like it's hilarious. Like, is such like a fucking like a, like a like an like the you know the honorable samurai trained in like trained in like hand to hand like trained in like combat or whatever and it's like he has all this training and all these forms and all of this like you know the the dance of two warriors going at it and like fucking Vanilla's not a warrior Vanilla's not a samurai just like Vanilla's just like tap him on the show and be like hey asshole. Bam! Like fucking. Vanilla's just gonna kick him in the nuts. Yeah, Vanilla. Yeah, Vanilla's gonna kick him in the nuts, and like <laughs> if he gets hands on him, it, it fucking like this. This is what like this. This is what happens. Like he goes for like some like fancy like grappling hold. Like hmm, I will I will disarm this peasant, and like he gets him like a hold, and Vanilla just fucking like bites him. And GJ and like GJ doesn't know what to do because why the fuck would anybody ever bite another person? We're adults here, but no, Vanilla isn't. Vanilla isn't above that. Vanilla's gonna bite him really hard on the arm and then turn around and kick him square in the nuts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, once again, for context for who Vanilla is, please watch Armor Trooper Photons. And then Cosmo's gonna. I think Kiriko Cosmo's... would just shoot GJ in the head. Yeah. 
that Kiriko would just shoot him. He'd be like, "What's the point of even engaging in hand-to-hand um, combat?" Um, and then Kazuma would be off to the side watching the fight between Gijin and Vanilla, and be like, "Man, that guy's got cool hair." <laughs> Who's this handsome man beating up Gijin? And his loud girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> I wish, I, yeah, fucking like, oh god, are do they have more? God, now, um. Coconut is Coconut is also miles miles leagues of a of a better woman than than Kasha is. Although I guess that's not fair. Kasha's a young girl. Um, still though, I I, I stand Coconut. I cannot stand Kasha. I think Coconut could out yell Kasha. Coconut could also probably be Kasha in a fight. <laughs> probably. Co- Coconut survived fucking uh, the mean streets of Wudu. Yeah, the mean streets of Wudu. Like, like for real though. Like, she's from the like she is actually from the hood. Like, don't fuck with Coconut. Don't fuck with Coconut. I love Coconut. Please watch Armored Trooper photons. Oh so that, so that is uh, episodes fourteen through twenty-seven of Space Runaway Ideon. It's uh, it, it's really running away. They're running. They're run. They're running away. Oh my god! I'm so sick. I'm so excited. Yeah, oh my god, I'm probably gonna be watching Stardust Memory Andy Day on at the same time. <laughs> just watch like fucking f- 15 screens, like, just fucking, like, data from Star Trek. I was gonna say, like, Ozymandias from fucking Watchmen. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, I just mean, like, I'll probably alternate between the two as I'm watching them. Just because Edeon is so fucking lit. Uh, there's a new title catch at the way end of the, of the last episode. Yeah, there is. We we get another shot of that the new eye catch. That 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 big gun that still hasn't fucking showed up. I think it literally shows up in the next episode. Okay, good. I'm glad. Yes, it literally shows up in the next episode. I'm glad. Good. Edeon. So, what are your final thoughts on this? Uh, now that we're, we go forward into the into this into the darkness that is uh, Space Runaway Edeon. It honestly, like it, it was it was a rougher it was a rougher start than Votoms, but it it's improving it's improving at the same pace in terms of just like every every significant arc. I am like way more invested in everything that's happening. I'm like I'm super into this. I'm ready. And it's it's not paced the same way as Votoms. No. Um, but it's it. The show just everything we've watched so far. I've like liked more upon rewatching. I I am I am I'm very glad we're doing a day on. Same. It's 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 a it's a good show. It's such a weird. It's. I think this, and I'm not sure if this or Zeta are the most Tomino Tomino shows. Probably, and I'll bring that up when when we get to Zeta because I think that's probably the next Tomino joint we do after this. Oh, totally. Um, not maybe not maybe not immediately after, but in the near future we got to do Zeta. Yeah, no, yeah, because we're, we're trying to get to we're trying to get to Hathaway's Flash. Hell yeah. Um, but. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I can't wait. I can't wait either. Uh, this show just gets better. I, I, th- this I, I think just the... gets better. <laughs> was this a good episode in your eyes? Uh, I think it was. Yeah, no, totally. I think we're good. I think we're good. We're better than we were fucking with our old episodes. Yeah. So, uh, coming up next week, we got 
Uh, Gundam 0083, Stardust Memory, doing the last of the 90s OVAs. Mm-hmm. Then following that will be... Um, week after that will be the uh, part three of 8 Aeon. Following that, we're going to be doing the first half of Space Battleship Yamato. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm I'm ready to get deep into that. And then in between the two seasons, the first well, in between the halves of Yamato, we got Ideon be invoked right in the middle. So who knows? Maybe if if we, depending on how, how hype Tooch is, maybe we'll do like Yamato Part One, Ideon Part Three, be invoked, then Yamato Part Two. Because I don't know how much you're going to be able to wait between episode 39 and be invoked. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Here's hoping. Um, you can follow us at Metrospective. Mm-hmm. Um, do we have any emails? Uh, I just checked. We don't. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> uh, no new iTunes reviews. Nobody seems to like us. That's fine. Please rate Freight 5 on iTunes if you do. Uh, follow us on SoundCloud or your whatever other audio thing you like. Podcatcher of choice. Uh, feel free to ask us any questions via email. We'll answer them. Uh-huh. Or add us on Twitter or some shit. Uh, yeah. Uh, I no longer have. I no longer use my Twitter main. I've. I've. I've cut the cord. I've broken the chain. I'm free. I am still on Metrospectives. Uh, I, I still run that Twitter, but I don't have a main Twitter for my personal uh, use. I'm on, I'm on Mastodon, and if you don't know what Mastodon is, don't even fucking worry about it. It's like, what if, what if, tw- what if Twitter took slightly more effort to join, and you couldn't be viral on it because it's, it's like cut up into like sub websites. It's like a collection of smaller social medias run run independently by users. So that corporations don't control it, and by extension, your data. Uh, I like it a lot. It's not really for mass consumption, uh, which means that like nobody is interested in it because everybody yeah. secretly everybody secretly loves monopolies and living under a corporate hellscape because then everything and everyone is in the same place at the same time, talking about the same stuff, and, and everybody loves it, even though it's killing us all. <laughs> I'm uh I'm trying to get rid of my Twitter. So I'm 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 going to stop giving it out cuz I'm trying to get rid of it too. Uh great. Good. Uh good job. Social media is a lie. Uh fuck you Mark Zuckerberg. You you ruined the internet. Really did. And like and the world. Like you Facebook has done irreparable harm to the world like literally without like that's not an exaggeration. <laughs> He, I, I would put Mark Zuckerberg probably in my list of top ten favorite, uh, top ten least favorite currently alive people. Yeah, that's another one. Where, that's another one where I won't, uh, where I won't incriminate myself uh, to directly threaten them. But also, I'm not going to be sad if uh, they were to be killed. Um, personal recommendation: if you are not watching Mecca, which is something you should be doing because you're not, and for some reason you're not watching Mecca. If you want to hear something fucking hysterical, go look up Grant Morrison's 2005 TED Talk about Chaos Magic, where he goes on a screaming, angry rant about George Bush, and it's in his Scottish accent, and it's the greatest, most powerful feeling I've ever felt in my life. That sounds great. George fucking Bush! 
I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do his fucking accent. It's so good. I turned came out like Russian for me. I can't do his Glaswegian accent justice. I don't know. This has been uh until next time, this has been Metrospective. Uh I'm Tooch. I'm Devin and we cry at robots. We cry at robots. Uh we we cry at- I cry at Carla because Carla has made Carla made one mistake and it's kind of led to everything else in the show, but, like, other than that, Carla's pretty much done nothing else wrong. We cry for Carla. I cry for Carla. God, I cannot wait for being invoked.